0: And creativity. Visit crocs.com to explore the latest styles and gibbets' charms. Do you want to boost the economy like Taylor Swift?
1: Let's get into it forever.
5: Dog. Hello and happy holidays. This is Brett, one of the co-founders of the forever dog podcast network. And on behalf of everyone here at forever dog, I just wanted to say thank you. Thank you for listening to our shows this year. Thank you for taking the time to write a review and recommend us to your friends. Thank you for subscribing to bonus content on Patreon, for buying merch, for coming to a live show, for everything you do to support Forever Dog and make this network feel like a community. We are amazed, we're grateful, and we appreciate you. And if right now you're saying, I didn't do any of those things and I don't know what the hell Forever Dog is, well, hi. Welcome forever dog is the network that produces this podcast that you're subscribed to. And we've got lots more where that came from in 2018 forever dog produced 30 podcasts as well as two limited series. You'll find us mostly under comedy, but we also have must listen shows for TV and film fanatics, baseball fans, spiritualists and mystics, listeners of music, book readers, laundry aficionados, theme park aficionados, politics junkies, failures, shop tea droppers, health nuts, and anyone with a commute and or desk job. So, to celebrate the past year at Forever Dog, we've put together a clip show that highlights some of the best moments from our podcasts. And if that doesn't sound like your cup of tea, no worries. Your favorite podcast will be back next week or the week after with brand new episodes. But if you're looking for something new to subscribe to in 2019 or for some killer back catalogs to binge during your holiday travels, then please stay tuned because we've got a lot of fun stuff coming your way next. I should also add that if you subscribe to multiple Forever Dog podcasts, we will be releasing this same episode on all our feeds this week. So let me just apologize ahead of time for the repetition, but we think this is a really fun episode and we want as many people as possible to hear it. Oh, and if you want to follow up on any of the shows presented in this episode, you can find them all at foreverdogpodcasts.com. You can also subscribe to them on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app and you can follow us forever dog on twitter and instagram at forever dog team okay let's get started with the best of forever dog
6: 2018
5: Our first podcast up is one that Vulture called, quote, a scathing, absurdist, intersectional, radical, feminist alt podcast. It's called A Woman's Smile. It's hosted by two of the most innovative performers working in comedy right now, Patty Harrison and Laura La Ramirez. And the following clip comes from a special futuristic episode of the podcast entitled A Woman's Smile is Spaceship.
7: Welcome to A Woman's Smile 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 with your host Lorelai and Patty haha <laughs> <laughs> this is a year thirty thousand fifty
8: fifty thousand. 50,000 our consciousnesses have been loaded into a hard drive in the sky in the cloud and now we are a robot
7: and now as Patty said so eloquently we are robots I am still the same as I was before, still fat, still big. And still I am balding, naked, naked on the show. Balding, naked, sad, horny, horny.
8: Yes, it is really bad. We don't have body, but still those things did not change about Laura lies consciousness.
7: Apparently you can put consciousness in another big fat body, a big fat balding body, still when you move on to a different form of consciousness, you are the ugliest one. Sometimes pain follows you wherever you go. And even in my consciousness, people still debate whether I'm a man or a woman. It is true. And it is actually funny that you bring that up. No, it hurts. Because still, I question you. No, 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 yes, no, yes, no, Yes, 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 yes,
8: yes, 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 yes. Let's no. get into it. What you have been thinking about... I have been thinking about my husband. He is at home in my mind. In our consciousness, we live in a chip. In my chip, we have an amazing bathroom. Our bathroom has two sinks. I a- wish I could also have a chip, too. You'll have a chip soon. You are so much data, you don't fit in a chip. They do not yet to make a chip big enough to hold all your data.
7: This is not fair. I uploaded my consciousness so I could be free of my body. Ha ha ha. But not. I am still in my body, still big and fat and ugly. Why? Eh. Let's talk about something else. So, Lorelai, what have you been thinking about? I have been thinking about... maybe one day. Oh no. Oh no 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 Oh no 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 Yes 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 I have been thinking about how beautiful it would be one day to finally have
8: a soulmate. I think that you are a wonderful minded person, Lorelai. I think it will happen for you. Thank you thank you thank you. I think that when you put yourself out there, it really does make All the different people need to know the real you.
7: I am sorry. I my consciousness is getting a little bit bigger
8: by the second. That is okay. You should demonstrate self control. You should demonstrate self control. (laughs) One of my favorite things to do is sit on the pot inside my ship and take big ones. That is funny to me.
7: That is funny to me. Ah, Remember when we used to be in our bodies and I would go over to your husband
8: when he was broken and I would take care of him? Yes, and I took my dance class. My dance class was an amazing place where I bonded with many women to look like me. They were just like me. They were white. They were 5'9". They were 110. Pounds. They were thin like me. They loved to dance to hip-hop tracks, contemporary music at the time, like Charlie X.E.X. You sound sad. When you talk about those things, you sound sad. I am not. I am not sad. I look back fondly at those days at my dance class with my white girlies. My skinny white girls. We drink skinny white wine after. Skinny bitch. Wine it was my favorite. I know you miss that life we had. But this is
7: for the better now, now, now. I
8: love you
9: you
7: <laughs> Are you having a meltdown?
10: It is to me
5: This next clip comes from a new podcast that premiered on forever dog in October called the American arts and culture review. It's hosted by Clay Tatum and Whitmer Thomas of beloved LA comedy outfit, power violence. And together with friends, Bud Anthony Diaz and Rodney Berry, they review the latest in film TV, high fashion, music, and art accompanied throughout by a live soundtrack of jazz pop standards. The clip you're about to hear comes from an episode entitled The Favorite, Widows, and Lars von Trier and features a very special guest, critically acclaimed filmmaker Lars von Trier.
11: We, uh, we – oh, crap. I was supposed to do something that I didn't do. Do you have a special guest? Yeah, we have a very special guest. (laughs) Um, He came here all the way from foreign – porn place <laughs> from a
1: different country for sure really? yeah
11: he just he flew direct- all the way from
12: there yeah uh <laughs> he just a directed impressive. a new
11: film called the house that jack built um bud would you mind going in and letting him in
13: clay you're closer you just let him open no up? it'd be best if bud went yeah, buddy right, okay, buddy bud
11: you went. have to go Okay, right. later bud and there he goes he's getting him right okay. now <clears throat> so uh okay and he's coming in and uh, and He's coming yeah. in and he's, he's sitting oh, he's down. he's gonna sit down. He's huh. sitting down right now. Wow, this is amazing. This is so good. Hey, Hi! Uh, <laughs> uh, hello. Okay, uh, Lars, so, um, what?
14: So, glad to be here!
11: So, what's some, uh, <laughs> hey. what reasons we should see your Did you see
14: my film? I
11: have no, see haven't seen it yet. What's it about? What's it about?
14: The house that Jack built! Okay.
11: I okay. know what's that about. What's that about?
14: Kevin Dillon! Okay. He's a murderer!
11: Okay, good. No, he can go in more detail. You've
14: got to see my film.
11: Yeah, what is it about? In
14: theaters now. Is it? Yeah.
11: Okay, so.
14: Select theaters.
11: Okay, so what's. Not in, all of them. What happens in the movie?
14: He's on the road.
11: Okay. In a car. Okay.
14: Don't get in his car. you got to see my film.
11: Okay. I can milk this for a little longer.
14: Yeah.
11: And then okay. What I, so that's what it's about. Okay. um
14: Did
11: you see it? well this is your idea how about you take take the wheel here uh so what's uh where, where are you from what got you into making movies
14: I'm foreign
11: yeah where, what, got what got you into making movies what got you into making movies what got you what got you into making movies a camera <laughs> okay yeah all right cool and what about I the camera? Thought- What about the camera made you into the camera? I
14: bought a camera. This is so good. As a boy. Uh As a boy, I bought a camera.
11: Yeah. I was young. Yeah.
14: How old were you? Three.
11: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So that's what made you decide? Yeah. And so you bought a camera and then you decided, I'm going to make films. Mm -hmm. Uh Okay, so recently you've made all kinds of great films. What's your favorite film that you've made? Besides the newest one.
14: Okay. Yeah, because it's about <laughs> depression. So
11: so that film is about uh, depression. Yeah. Uh, would you say that you've ever suffered from depression? Yourself?
14: Oh, yeah.
11: Actually, Mars. So what do you do when you're depressed? Mars, what's your remedy? Lars, Yeah? You, well, let me just. I have a I'm, My headphones are broken. and yeah. I can barely hear you. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so if you go a little louder. Yeah. So what is your...
14: Oh, <laughs> right.
11: So what's... Uh, what do you what is your, what yeah. you So you've struggled
14: with depression? Oh yeah.
11: So what's a remedy that you yeah. would recommend to I someone just, who's dealing with depression?
14: Oh. Make movies. <laughs> make make movies. <laughs> Buy a camera. Make yeah. a movie. Okay. okay.
11: Yeah. Now <laughs> Lars while while promoting the mm. film Melancholia yeah. You came under fire for um, no. telling everyone that you're a Nazi. Yeah!
14: So, how do you won't stop talking? So,
11: <laughs> so uh, do you redact those statements now? Or-
14: no! You don't? No! What? I meant what I said. I meant it. So, I make films. In theaters now. No, that's not what I asked. <laughs> My film is in theaters now. was it.
11: No, but when being interviewed a few years ago, yeah. you told everyone that you're a Nazi. Yeah. Do you regret saying that? or was No. That... Okay, so wh- why don't you regret it?
14: I don't know. I, you know, I... <laughs> you're so good at this. I don't... Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Here's here's the thing. Here's the thing. The house that Jack built... The house that Jack built in theaters now! Okay,
11: so you're not going to answer.
14: No! (laughs) Why? I... I'm
11: embarrassed. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. okay. Where, can pe- where can people find you on social media?
14: Find me at Lars Andrea, on Twitter and yep. Lars yep. on Instagram. Yep. Yep.
11: <laughs> What's your email? Email <laughs> Lars
14: Vondreer at <laughs> Lars, <Van Drier> at <laughs> Lars <Van Drier. laughs> Okay. Cool, great. .com. Thank you.
5: Next up is the wonderfully witchy Beyond, the only podcast we've ever produced that may have altered the fabric of space and time. In Beyond, self-proclaimed energy expert Mike Kelton seeks to solve his and his friend's real-life problems by supernatural means. Instead of going to a therapist, Mike goes to mediums, ghost hunters, cult leaders, healers, astrologers, and, in this clip, a witch. This is from the episode entitled Witchcraft, the Goathead, and it features Mike's friend, Lisa P. from the Bronx, consulting a witch about the dark energy surrounding her boyfriend's ex.
15: So I go on the trip. I didn't say anything. Like, I don't know. I never cried. I didn't shed a tear. I was just like, okay, come back. And I'm like, what now? So I go back to her again. And, you know, she went through it again and said, she's not pregnant. She's not pregnant. Blah, blah, blah. And I said, Well, what can I do to like make this stop? Like, she's like a menace. She, she, this woman is a menace. She's menacing my life. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't go on. Like, I can't do it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to break up with him. But mm-hmm. then there's a competitive side of me that's also like down with this bitch. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> so, Rahina was like, Oh, well, I said, Well, can I light up like a candle in my apartment and, you know, do something? Or there's different remedies and different types of cleanses. And she was like, Oh, no, no. Mm mm. For this, you need to do something big. Well, it's a revocation. It's called a revocation. Yeah, like okay. in Spanish, it's a revocation. Mm-hmm. So I had to do a revocation. So I was like, whatever. I'm I'm down. I'm down. Like let's, what's let's up? Let's revocate. She made me. I had to bring a photo mm-hmm. of this individual. And she said, okay, I have to work on it for seven days. Most things in this Tradition are in the numbers of three, seven, or 21. Mm -hmm. So I think she had to work on it for seven days. Then I had to come pick up the finished product on a Monday because this is the day of the like guardian of the cemetery. Give us what
3: happens when you show up after the seven days on the Monday. What's what goes down?
15: She went into the kitchen, into the freezer, and pulled out a plastic bag that was, you know, the size of like a bread basket. Um, and she hands me like a frozen goat head. <laughs> <laughs> so in the goat heads, mouth, mal- in the goats, mal- but hold, it feels hold on, very- hold, on okay.
3: hold on, Lisa P. <laughs> hold on. She gives you the goat head. What is your first thought?
15: Sometimes when you go into these types of places, there's just the way that I am. Even sometimes in certain churches, I, I feel like currents the spanish yes. is like corrientes you know uh-huh. like currents it feels it felt very um ritualistic it uh-huh. felt very spiritual you're like didn't. in flow with the goat head i was like in flow i love it i wasn't like what is this mm-hmm. oh my god ha- laughing
3: you were no, like this I'm is in. i'm all in and this is part of it that makes sense to me also I'm like all in. you have to be I if you're going in. to a person's kitchen <laughs> in washington nights and getting a goat head you gotta be all in
15: <laughs> i was all in it gets crazier okay I mean, she didn't tell us what she did, but my friend who was with us, she, you know, again, is the person who introduced me to Rena And she was like, oh, look, you know, there's coffee grounds in the mouth. The picture is rolled up and stuffed. And uh, my friend told me she's like, this is all to shut her up. This is to get her to shut up. And there were other things I'm sure that were done as well. So we had to take the goat head and bury it in a cemetery that night. It has to be done on a Monday. This Monday. Uh-huh. It had to be done. And this was already like six o'clock. And this is December. So it's pitch. It's pitch dark. It's pitch dark. Okay, so the only cemeteries that are in northern Manhattan are completely gated off at this point and mm-hmm. locked. And they have cameras on them. And people get arrested for trying to go in there. Because more people do this than you think. For example, if you were to look up goat heads... In Prospect Park, you will find so many stories about what has been going on with Goatheads in Prospect Park. Are you serious? <laughs> yes.
3: So, of course, we had to research this. And guess what, everyone? It absolutely checks out. There are so many articles about Goatheads in Prospect Park and also many other parks in the tri state area. And we will include those links in the description of this podcast for some light, fun reading after you finish the app.
5: We've been huge fans of this next podcast for a long time, so we were very honored when they joined Forever Dog this year. It's Black Man Can't Jump in Hollywood, hosted by Gerard Milligan, James III, and Jonathan Braylock. One of the best movie review podcasts out there, Black Man Can't Jump was selected for best of 2018 lists from The A.V. Club, Vulture, and Relevant. And the following clip comes from their award-winning episode on the film Black Panther.
16: If people are into Marvel, I don't know. But, like, you know when Infinity War comes, like, characters have to die and, like usually they'll kill characters that are more secondary mm-hmm. yeah and like i'm like yo if one of these people die like i'm oh, gonna be upset oh, yeah. <laughs> like, i'm gonna <laughs> be legitimately sad and upset because we really came to grow and love all of them quick too man so much so that i would say like my only gripe with this movie was i was so sad that michael b jordan had to die even
17: though i know he did i don't think he did man that's my that's my I, only gripe that's with the my movie. that's my only gripe with, this Ooh, movie only gripe like, with the movie because
16: i was like yo this dude was amazing. And you set it up so that he didn't have to die. You set up the, lo- mm-hmm. the internal logic in the film so that they could have saved him with the science and like.
17: I thought he was going to be like yeah. um, Loki. I thought yeah, he was going yeah, to be I'm saying. I thought he was going to be Loki. I'm very. My but only the gripe way that was, he died.
1: Yes, yes. Was the lines. Yo, the lines the li- were,
17: yo, how he it died. Was how it
18: was
19: perfect. It was. That was so It really geeked. was. It and it really makes was. sense.
16: It makes sense. It
19: makes. Like, I like. I didn't want him sense. to die either. And then he said that line, and I was like, "This is perfect." Same
17: here. And he just <laughs> and he just did it, like. But also, uh, yo, this movie. This, so yeah. Okay. Okay. I, I think this is perfect. Let's what start. We can talk about is like, just to hit on Ryan Coogler real quick, is oftentimes we, we we have this discussion on whether or not a white person can direct a movie about like the black experience, right? Right. And I know sometimes we're, try- we're, like, we're really polite and we're really like, you know, maybe they can if they know. But I think the nuances that this brother created in this movie, for instance, that... Because he co-wrote it. So Ryan Cookie co-wrote it, for people who don't know. That line about, uh, no, so what, I can be locked up? No, just throw me in the ocean like my ancestors did when they were jumping off uh, the boats because they knew it was better to die than be um, in prison for the rest of their life right. or something like that. It's like, bruh. like every First off, everything that um, freaking... Um 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 Sterling K Brown said at the top of the movie about why he wanted This movie right. isn't about ch- like it's about like the world but it's really about like ideology like yo I've seen black people butchered I've seen how people yeah. view them and we have a chance to make them strong and powerful and we're not That is literally what the conflict of this movie is do you help right. your brothers and sisters or not
16: What are you doing why are we saving our are we just going to hoard and save our resources for? it's so funny like as, like somebody who's christian there was there like a lot of spiritual oh, oh, with the whole movie i was just thinking about that so much like this idea of like you know there's a that verse in the bible there's a song like don't uh, it, if you have a light don't hide it under a bushel like go let it shine on the top of a mountain right mm-hmm. like let, my, let Your Little Light Shine. Yeah. That's the song. Like
1: Let your little oh, yeah. light
16: shine. The idea is that if you have a light, don't hide it and use it for yourself. You should let it shine so others can see the light. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, wh- exactly what Wakanda is. It's like mm-hmm. this bright, shining city in the center, in the heart of Africa that is kept hidden. And the main conflict and theme of this movie is like, are we going to keep this hidden for ourselves? Or do we have a responsibility to the rest of the world, especially the rest of people of color in these, in these nations, surrounding nations that are suffering and that we know we could help and we're not helping mm-hmm. to protect ourselves. You that's know? the
17: crust of the movie. It's not some giant invader trying to take over the world. I mean, I guess it kind of is. I mean, not an invader, but it's like something that's so real to black people. I'm on a thread right now with my boys from back home and it's like 10 of us on this thread and literally the whole discussion has been since Trump has been in office, especially this year in particular, um, of What can people of color do to help more? Like what basically it's like, what should we be doing? Like we know we gotta do something. Like, yeah, we can vote and we have been voting, but it's more, right? And the whole movie, the idea behind the movie is like, what else? Like, what do we do? And I thought that was just a genius way to do it. It made it more grounded to me than most superhero movies are because it was something that was uh like something that people can relate to. And also, we still had a villain. I feel like a lot of times when it's a black superhero, he's fighting like the crime boss or the drug dealer on the block or something like that. Right. Whereas this, he still had a true villain, um, but he also had something that just meant something personal, you know? I, bruh. And then Ryan Coogler, again, Ryan Coogler, his three movies all have over 90% of Ryan Tomatoes. And you not know, hate quoting Ryan Tomatoes, but the go from Fruitville Station, which was set in Oakland, which he added this character back in Oakland. Right. And I feel like he did that on purpose, but that's just me. Like he had that movie. Oh, the go from definitely that, did that to Creed, it's like, this young black man, 31, 32? Yeah. Like young, young black man has now changed the way a lot of black people even view themselves. And I'm like, and he wasn't yeah. rich. Like, this wasn't a rich black brother. Right. Like, he is he is from Oakland. Like, he grew up with not that much. Mm-hmm. And like, my man has he shown. He went to
16: USC. He
17: like that is the American dream, if you want to be real. Yeah. He inspired. He yo, my man will not only inspire black people around this country, but he's going to inspire like mad people he's to just inspiring, around, world,
16: bro. he's also, he's just inspiring filmmaker yeah it's like yeah, come too. on man like oh he's just God. a great filmmaker
5: just this past week we sadly said goodbye to one of the original forever dog podcasts one of our all-time faves the book of yay hosted by rob hayes and chris daniels for the past two and a half years rob and chris have been journeying through the kanye west canon song by song while also trying to make sense of every twist and turn of kanye's career Even though the podcast is over, The Book of Ye leaves behind an incredible back catalog of episodes that are well worth revisiting, including so many great moments. In particular, Rob and Chris were really at their best when they were unpacking the controversial and problematic public lives of our most iconic pop stars, whether it be Kanye himself or in this clip from the episode Hell of a Life with guest Gordon Baker Bone, Lord.
13: Don't pull a Lord. We're not talking about... We're not talking about we're not gonna talk about Whitney
18: Houston. All like right, all right, all right, all right, cool. Get all your right. apology tweets ready, though. Yeah, I definitely. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, uh Mr. J. <laughs> <laughs> talk about he apologized to the Joker. Okay. She'll, <laughs> she'll never be a Roy. <laughs> as far as I'm
13: uh, wait, why well, you don't like Roy? L- Lord? Because what she said, uh, she posted a picture of a bathtub. That was an about, accident, And though. I will always love you. How's that an accident? What? That is not How an is accident. How is that an accident? That is not an accident. How Wait, is that an accident? Come on, <laughs> a bathtub in the bodyguard? Come on, man. <laughs> Ain't no bathtub in the bodyguard. What is does Lord got to pull that for? I I don't yeah, know.
18: That's a Ask good question. Lord. Bad coincidence. That's not bad. She, you know you what? Know, no. I'm on your side now, Rob. Yeah, yeah you can't disrespect. Come on, Come on, man. You can't disrespect nah. like that. Nah. You think she blatantly went out to You district. know what? That's,
13: she was the I only- I will always love all- you
18: in a picture of a bathtub. That's I, a blatant I, 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 shot. She will wanted always to love take you.
13: a bath. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Scrub a dub in the tub is a good catch.
18: <laughs> no, <laughs> no, it's not. Nobody, nobody sings that. Nobody's got Rubber Dub Dub plants. You clean, Okay. There's a rubber ducky emotion. How old is it? Exactly. How, how old is Lord? She old enough not to know to old do that shit. Old enough to have Wikipedia. <laughs> Come on, man. Old what? enough to have Google. Why would she be on a laptop in the tub? She. I. I recommend it. Now just playing. Now. 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 See what happens. No. Right, no. could
13: be on a blueberry on a blackberry <laughs> in a tub. She could be on a laptop. She could have a laptop to the side. I don't understand. I don't understand why she did that. If it, how is that not an accident? I, it's tub, it was, I in said, I said, tubs it, all the way full. You, you,
18: no, you're saying it's not an accident. Yeah. So we're I, asking you, how is how it how did an did accident, she Make an accident, accident with that? Come on, did you say it's the wrong line? She wrong. the girl want to take a bath. Like it makes you know why I say it's an accident because it makes no sense for it not to be.
13: What? How? What
18: blatant uh, shot? That is.
13: You are, first of all, first of all, first of all, Lord is one of them dark people hair in front of the face. Yep. Which is in the video. First of all, mm-hmm. so to make a joke or a reference to how somebody died doesn't seem off for her. Second of all, you just saying that because she looks she like put the girl I, who fall out of the well. I, I I will always love you. Now, two eyes might have been Dolly Parton, but we all know <laughs> only Whitney Houston can pu- pull off that third consecutive eye. That's very what I'm true. Saying?
18: Very true. That's North song. What right is there. what is the song about? Hmm? What is the song about?
13: Kevin Costner.
18: Yeah. It's about her what? Her <laughs> duh. Duh. The motherfucking song's about love. The okay. girl loves taking baths. No. Get out of here. The girl loves here. taking baths. Get out of here. What Are you really? serious? Really? What is is going on? in this? why
20: is <laughs> <laughs> What is wrong with you? First of all, I, loves I, I fucking baths. hate I hate y'all
18: for making me have to t- like defend Lord. I <laughs> Put with, this at the front of the podcast. <laughs> that. Keeps nigh, the keep snile keep Lathan at the front of the podcast. <laughs> no. Nah.
13: Scrapes that.
18: I hate that I'm going equally as hard for Sonali to the Lord in the yeah. same forty minutes. She just loves Baths and she was singing her she was professing her love. I don't The only professing it, f- Come f- on, taking a picture you know of what? the toe. I only like going as hard because y'all going too hard unnecessarily. It makes <laughs> unnecessarily. no Unnecessarily. It makes no <laughs> sense. Whitney Houston. It makes no sense to be mad because you know, but you're saying pebbles? You're saying she that, got
13: multiple hits.
18: <laughs> you're saying there was bad intent behind it. Or funny yeah. intent. It was probably, she was trying to be funny. That's the worst joke ever. It is. That's why they had to get yeah. out.
13: I, Lord ain't got no Netflix special.
18: <laughs> Come on. You got to show me the precedent
13: of Lord making jokes about dead people. That's what made this upsetting. Not surprising, but upsetting. Because yep. Lord was like somebody that we ain't never have a problem with. You know what I'm saying? Lord was the only white person this year nominated for best album, album of the year, and she ain't say nothing crazy. She ain't had no crazy captions. Like we was cool with Lord. You know what I'm saying? Well, <laughs> you got a ledger, fucking keeping up with Lord. What I'm saying is nah, this I'm I will. saying prior to this, uh, we've boy. never had an issue with Lord. <laughs> but Check now off, I'm Lord. looking at Lord like, all right, now Lord. You know your name is Lord. It already <laughs> makes me feel funny saying it. No, I got an E on it. It has an E on it, but when you say it, you can't you hear the yeah, E. Yeah, you not had an E. I'm Who's fault is that? Like.
18: She should pronounce it Lordy. I'm
13: just saying. Oh, Lordy. Yeah. Lordy. Y'all, Lord tr- d- y'all yeah. trigger Now, Lordy can speak <laughs> on
18: Whitney Houston, but not Lord. You think she got a career if her name is Lordy? Yeah. yeah. Lordy. Lordy is the one who's singing Rub-A-Dub-Dub. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely would never say her name if her name was Lordy. Y'all listen to that new Lordy? What I the would, fuck? Nah, him? I wouldn't <laughs> mess with Lordy. <laughs> Lordy, cool. Lordy. Not Lordy. I call it Lordy. Lordy sound
13: like a SoundCloud rapper. Fuck that. I don't know about cancel, because they be like, so-and-so is canceled. Then they just be selling all the records. So (laughs) we ain't going to cancel her, but we just going to put it to the side. Y'all
18: ain't stopping Lord from selling records. Mm -hmm.
13: But I'm not going to listen no more.
18: Especially after that, when it, when I didn't, know that, bab- know, I didn't gonna, know that bathtub what? thing, man.
13: We gotta be secretive because you know Spotify don't like to count stuff when people organize too too loudly. <laughs> the next time some Lord come out, we all gonna scream. I think, I think that I y'all, dance y'all are a fringe
18: group. I ain't even see that many people get upset about this. Hey. I saw it. Every the context that I was presented, look at this mistake Lord made. Not y'all, see, you like y'all see what the fuck Lord did? Like see the kind of
13: stuff that they that they got you saying because her name is who lord the fuck is look they? at the mistake that lord made is the sentence you just said because her name is lord i'm gonna find out her real name and call her that
18: that's what i'm gonna do what if it's lord lord day. i'm calling lord, lord day.
13: day she's lord, lord day. Day. look that's at the a- mistake lord day made
5: that's better than lordy <laughs> What were you over in 2018? What were you sick of? What were you done with? That's the question that Derek Katz and Betsy Kenny put to their guests every week on Done, named one of the best new podcasts of 2018 by Refinery 29. Dunn features some truly cathartic moments like this one from the episode Natural Beauty Products, Marfa, Texas, and Whimsy.
21: Oh, my God. So, Darren and I just got back from a trip, and I ripped one on the plane. <laughs> I'm so oh sorry. Oh, and this was <laughs> not only like a I Boeing- say this because it was notable. This was like a Boeing 747. <laughs> this was like a tiny one. Like, the pilot was right in front of me, and like, one family was flying it with us. And I was... Trying to cover your ass because the dad I knew was onto you. He knew you ripped one. I know. Wait, so I did it, and it was truly so loud. It sounded like a whoopee cushion. I couldn't stop. And laughing. then I couldn't stop laughing. That I texted Dara it was right before we went off. I didn't off. hear it. It smelled like it smelled like we all together fell into a drainage. Death ditch. was coming for us. Yeah, death was coming. Death had come, and now we were rotting in it, and there were worms. It was- It was the smell of death. (laughs) I I thought it was the funniest thing. (laughs) We truly couldn't stop laughing. And right before that, we were taking so many pictures like on the tarmac because it was (laughs) truly one of those planes. And the guy, this guy was so mad and he didn't know why. He goes, this isn't a place for fun. And then we were like, he -he -he," got on the plane. I'm like shitting my pants, but it's just (laughs) air. I mean, this, we're never allowed back. No, that dad, because that dad had, two daughters sitting in front of him who you thought were cute, I thought were obnoxious. Yeah. And I was going to yell at their asses, but then you <laughs> you let that fart go and I couldn't you took away any leverage I had for the rest <laughs> of the flight. And then we couldn't stop laughing about <laughs> fart. And it, it's truly gross. It's it's immature. It's yeah, it's immature. not funny. Okay, fine. Um fine.
5: When this next podcast joined Forever Dog for season 3 of their absolutely iconic show, we could not have been more thrilled. It's Food for Thought, hosted by Dennis Norris II, Joseph Osmondson, Tommy Pico, and Fran Torado, a multiracial mix of queer writers who talk about sex, relationships, race, identity, what they like to read, and who they like to read. And after you listen to the following clip from their Season 3 premiere episode, She's Arrived, please make sure to go online to the iHeartRadio Podcast Awards site and vote for Food for Thought for Best LGBTQ Podcast. You guys ready? (laughs) Welcome to season three
20: of Food for Thought, a podcast gab fest where in a multiracial mix of queer writers gather around the table to talk about sex, identity, Mm. culture, (laughs) what we like to read and who we like to read Fran just fell out of his his chair still recovering from that (laughs) bone chilling laugh like waking up the souls of thousands of thoughts of yesteryear sex me so good I say summoning them like it's some fucking it's it's like slutty Pandora's box just unleashing all these slutty demons coming back from the grave (laughs) <laughs> Proof for Thought, where every day is cheat day. Yeah. <laughs> mm. I'm Tommy Teebs Pico. I'm an indigenous American poet, screenwriter, and my fourth book is coming out in fall 2019, proving Ooh. once and for all four books in four years, I am, in fact, that bitch. Yes, yes yeah! you are. <laughs> I'm Fran. I'm a writer, editor, and my drag queen name is Virginia Slim. But my drag king name is Girth Brooks. Oh (laughs) Oh, Oh, my god! I believe you're straight. Are you straight, (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I jigs up. It's been three seasons. I've been straight the whole time. What if that was actually the rumor? Oh my god, she loves the twist She lives for the drama, mama <laughs> I have never seen you suck dick personally So who knows? Oh, I, know. I am Joseph Oswinson Obviously you did not get that sex dick <laughs> I
9: mean,
20: I mean that's, My publicists are doing a great job Is what you're telling me A scientist nonfiction writer Total top, as always, and the food for thought originator of sticking out your tongue in pictures. Oh my god, that's not true. That I is so it. true. I did it first. <laughs> Finding the receipt. <laughs> Slander. Slander. I will never Slander. forgive either of you for slanders. that. I invented so it. gross. Ned I Slanders. It. Um, and hi guys, I'm back. Hey. I'm Dennis. Reader, writer, former figure skater, and... It is my life's work to work Michelle Kwan into every conversation. You're doing a great every job, day. sweetie. You're doing a great job. Also, sweetie. A plus, dear reader, let's replay that uh, Dennis's intro with the context that we have deemed Dennis with the affect of a YouTuber, a white YouTuber. A white like makeup tutorial YouTuber that's like,
22: "Hey guys. Gucci. Yeah. How's it going?
20: This is my oh unboxing God. video." I am so tired, you guys. Let's do this anyway. Listen, you can you can take the Becky out of the valley, but you can't take the valley out of the Becky. That is an oh uncanny God. valley. <laughs> Who wants to tell us what we got on the menu this I week? I got it, everybody. This week, all of us fuck Rihanna. We give good advice from at least one doctor. Mm. It's me. What uh, uh, <laughs> is it? We conclusively decide that Mimi isn't a diva, not anymore. Fuck you, Fran. Oh my! God. And we knock. On the window pane of one of the greatest voices uh, of all time take it away <laughs>
14: i'm
20: feeling a little peckish
14: God, so let's I hate start
20: us. the top of this show the way any good top should with the little tease our uproarious <laughs> appetizer segment amuse boosh and to amuse our booshes today Fran got a little game
23: for us. That's Ooh,
20: right. So sad. the theme of today's episode is divas. So it only makes sense to gamify the meat of this episode with a healthy <laughs> little <laughs> helping of Bone Block Bench.
9: I'm game. Uh, diva's edition. It's a gonna...
20: good copy, Fran. I know, right? <laughs> diva's edition. So if you're not familiar with our um, game, which we coined and created a very originally, Bone Block Bench is pretty much the exact same thing as Mary Fuck Kill, um, but Thoughtified. So mm. Bone means you like you need them you gotta have them like even if it's just for one night like you're just gonna fuck their brains out bench is like you wanna like you, you're you gonna put them on the sidelines like maybe you wanna play the long game with them like that doesn't mean like they're out of your life forever but like you wanna put them on the bench mm-hmm. and block is like what happens after all of Joe's tinder matches go on one date with him <laughs> <laughs> um, no that's report <laughs> 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 I'm bone 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 and they're block block block. Oh, um and so baby. another disclaimer here. I will not be playing softball. There are no easy, there are no easy balls that I will be throwing <laughs> That's at just, you today. I'm, okay, I'm out. I'm see you guys later. There have been too many entendre. So-
5: Dan Gill and Eric DeDorian have been through it all on their podcast, Groomzillas. They've planned their weddings, they've gotten married, they've watched the Dodgers lose two consecutive World Series, and they've talked to tons of amazing guests about love, marriage, and the whole damn thing. The following clip comes from Dan and Eric's live stream of one of 2018's most memorable events, the royal wedding of Meghan Markle and Prince Harry. Recorded simultaneously in LA and Baltimore in the wee hours of the morning, here they are, the Groomzillas.
24: And forsaking all others, be faithful to him as long as you both shall live.
10: I will.
4: Nailed it.
24: And will you, the family? This is going
25: faster than, than I thought it would. Harry and yeah, they want to get the show on the road. Support
24: and uphold them in their marriage now and <clears throat> in the years to come. <laughs> We will. As we I stand, will. let us pray for Harry and Meghan.
4: Um, I'm going to pray for Harry and Meghan with them. Are you praying?
25: No, I don't believe in God.
24: God, our Father. God I our don't believe Father. in their God, From the God beginning, you sure. have blessed creation with abundant life. Pour out your blessings upon Harry and Meghan... Is Charles that Charles they on his may phone again? be joined in mutual yeah. love and companionship on his gambling apps and commitment to each other I know he he's, got his, he's
25: got his phone hidden we in his hymnal We ask this though.
24: through our Lord Jesus Christ, your son Who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit Whoa! One God, now and forever Amen That
4: was a strong prayer
25: Judging from the way Harry's been acting, I think the edible hit about halfway down the aisle when he was walking with William.
16: Okay.
26: My and I think he's really starting to swing now. And says to me, "What is going on?" My love, look at that. Look at that train one,
25: look at that veil. And come look, at, look at British oh.
26: For now, who is this reading? Is past, Do we know who this the is? Rain is over and gone. <coughs> looks like, looks like the Camilla's earth. mom. The time of singing has come.
4: That's Camilla's
26: the mom? Of the it looks like, doesn't it? They arms. all look the
25: same to me, honestly.
26: The fig tree puts forth its figs, and the vines are in blossom.
25: That's mm. why it's such so, a big deal fraggles. that Megan is in the royal family. Arise,
26: now. my love, my fair one, and come We're away. Oh, no figs. Set me as a seal upon your heart, as a seal upon your arm, for love Harry is, as is death
4: flying Action. right now. Just totally He gone. is so
26: high! That <laughs> boy <she, she laughs> so high! Is he wearing the self. Nazi uniform Neither underneath his it. uniform? If one offered Do you think he, he still of has it? No. All the I don't think he does. Of one's house,
25: but he did at one point I
26: like, th-
4: I like sitting down.
25: Who is this broad talking about floods and figs, man? This is bumming me out.
4: Um, that, was Harry, Harry is. Go- that was Harry's first. Harry's first girlfriend.
25: <coughs> I hear whoever Har- that whoever Harry- that was terrified Harry. Yeah. Is Seal gonna sing or what?
4: Seal is gonna sing. Seal's doing two songs, I believe.
25: He's only got one. Does this remind you of the wedding from Love Actually at all? This part kind of does, doesn't it?
4: The choir? The
25: yeah.
4: Is there a choirs in Love Actually?
25: The boy choir. Yeah, in the in the in the in the first wedding.
4: Oh, when they're singing "All You Need Is Love" with the trombones.
25: Yeah. yeah. Oh come on.
4: What? What anymore?
25: I think Megan is just like. This is, it's just so much, and it's like fun and everything, but it's, you know, I don't think this is them. I just, that's the feeling, overall feeling, I can't shake, but all this wedding, as, you
4: know. No, this is them. They like having George in the mall there.
25: Well, yeah, but I mean... All the—I mean—I think they want to get rid of. They want to get. They, they want to get on with it. They want to just be married. I feel like. They I bet. To work.
4: I bet George isn't even like focused on the wedding right now because he's probably crunching numbers for his Casamigos tequila.
25: George Clooney. S- yeah. Seeing,
4: seeing no. what what the quarter's shaping up to be for his Casamigos tequila.
25: Well, he's got one. He's always got his one month, part of his mind is always back at. Uh, his layer in what is, Lake Cuomo? Part of him is always in Lake Cuomo. He's not fully anywhere. You can tell in his acting.
4: Wow! Shots fired.
25: <laughs> He's always back at his ha- half. Part of him is always back at Lake Cuomo, where him and his colleagues are working on tequila <laughs> that is creatively <laughs> and professionally greater than any tequila. Look at these idiots. Look at Casamigos.
5: In a crowded landscape of character-based improv podcasts, Hampton High has quickly become a world unto itself. That's what the AV Club had to say about this next podcast, and we could not agree more. Hampton High is created by and stars Tim Platt as high school junior Hampton McElvey, whose quest to become the Mark Marin of Roxville Prep by interviewing students and faculty of interest leads him down some very strange paths. The following clip is from Hampton's interview with theater kid Mitra, played by guest Mitra Juhari. <laughs>
19: <laughs> this is interesting. We have more in common than people who have thought who are looking at our different social circles. And that's why I like this podcast.
27: That, and I think that's kind of the amazing thing about our school mm-hmm. is people are pretty open-minded to connecting with people from other social groups.
19: It's definitely true. Go Skugs, truly. Um, okay, so I wanted to ask you, uh, so you do these roles, you do this behind-the-scenes stuff, but, like, where, I mean, let's be brass tacks here. Like, where is this going to go? Is this your career?
27: I mean, you know, I... Now that I'm 17, I've kind of come to terms with the fact that there are people who are made for this stuff, and there are people who just love it and aren't necessarily going to get paid to do it. And I think I'm the latter rather than the former. Uh, so, one thing I realized about myself recently is that I'm actually really amazing at math. Um, I've known that for a long time, but I haven't really thrown myself into it. But I've been spending more and more time thinking about it, and I think I'm gonna to go to school for accounting. I just have to be realistic with myself. I'm great at math. I love the idea of helping people shape their, you know, take care of their lives in a way that is responsible and pragmatic. So I'm gonna study accounting and just sort of see where that takes me. And maybe I can marry the two at some point, but mostly I just want to get into the numbers and see what happens.
19: Okay, that was the sound of a pin dropping. Um <laughs> okay but like if you get a big role next year in the play then like maybe that would be your you know what i mean like are you only saying that because you haven't had a huge role yet
27: you know well i mean it of course it would be an honor and i would take it incredibly seriously if i were to receive a huge role but when you think about like the graces or you know the like evan harper's of the show i mean of the school um i'm not one of those people those people just radiate a magnetic energy that makes you want to watch everything they do and i just don't think i'm that and i'm okay with that
19: um okay is this like one of those chick things where you're like saying like you're insulting yourself so other people will be like oh no you're actually actually great you know what i mean like are you saying oh i just want to be accountant so like i'll be like oh no you should actually do theater do you know what i mean a chick thing yeah like you know how like some you know how some chicks are like Oh, I look so ugly, and I'm like, no, you don't. You actually look really hot right now. Um, I'm like, oh, thank you. That's what I wanted you to say. I mean,
27: I know what you mean by a chick thing, but it actually hurts my feelings when you say that. To call it a chick thing, but to lie, you've never told a lie.
19: No, I've obviously told a lie. But like, what I'm saying, you're
27: saying a lie. A chick thing is to lie.
19: No, I'm just – no, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying it's like you saying, oh, I love the theater, but I want to do something else because I'm not that good. It's sort of like when a lot of chicks – and this is true – do say, like, I don't look good right now because they want the guys they look good. Don't you
27: think that diminishes my goals by saying that I'm lying? I'm actually really good at math. I'm great at math. I've always gotten A pluses in math. It comes really naturally.
19: I, I'm I'm sure you are, but I, this. that's not I'm not I'm not saying you're not good at math. I'm saying that, like,
27: I'm not mad at you. I want you to know that I'm not mad at you, but I just want you to know that it's actually pretty destructive of you to refer to me saying that I want to pursue accounting as a chick thing. When I state my goals, I mean them. I'm an intelligent person.
19: I, I know. I Yeah, no, I I'm, <laughs> I know that. I'm not saying you're not intelligent. I would just like if like a theater role came around the corner that changed your life. I'm just saying that you would probably take that. So, right. I mean, so.
27: Yeah, but I'm saying that I don't think that's going to happen and that I've accepted and embraced, and I'm really excited about pursuing accounting. I'm not mad at you. I'm just saying phrases like chick thing are problematic. And I want you to think about the reasons why, because I respect you and I think you're capable of better, Hampton. Uh, OK, I really like you. I mean it.
19: Okay, I like you too. I feel like I'm walking on a minefield <laughs> right now, to be perfectly frank. Like, I, uh, I, I, uh, all I, okay, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not to dig this hole, but like, all I'm saying is that like people, some, uh, I mean, all I'm saying is that like people sometimes say, you're – OK. You're saying what you mean. I see. I see, You are saying what you mean People and-
27: – a lot of people say things that they don't mean and I don't think it's tied to their gender.
19: OK. Uh, that is the sound of a mind blown. <laughs> <laughs>
5: A true comedy legend, Kevin McDonald of the Kids in the Hall, brought his traveling variety show podcast, Kevin McDonald's Kevin McDonald Show, to Los Angeles, New York, and Atlanta this year, featuring incredible guests like Todd Barry, Paul F. Tompkins, Darcy Cardin, Tim Heidecker, Judah Friedlander, and Weird Al Yankovic. And the list doesn't stop there. Check out Kevin's back catalog for sketches, live music, and unforgettable appearances by Mike Myers, Amy Mann, Andy Richter, Ben Gibbard, Rob Corddry, Rachel Dratch, Bob Saget, and fellow kids in the hall, Scott Thompson, Dave Foley, and Mark McKinney. Now, please enjoy this clip from Kevin's interview with Weird Al.
23: I also, oh yeah, I remember uh, (laughs) in Canada, Another One Loves the Bus was like a super, super hit. Um, uh, was it? Yeah, was it? Wasn't it in the stage? I kind of.
28: It just barely got released. Like the record label went. Really? W- the record label went bankrupt uh, two weeks after it came out. <laughs> but it got out there, I guess. Yeah. How did
23: you get your first record deal? Like, w- was it because of uh, My Bologna or? Um... Yeah,
28: well, that was the first. That came out on Capitol Records. Uh, like the original bathroom recording, literally recorded in a bathroom in my college, and Capitol Records put it out. Uh, and it sold, you know, a couple dozen copies. I don't know. If you can find a copy today, though, it's worth like thirty-five, forty cents. So,
23: oh, good. I think if it's autographed, I might have. I might have it in the basement. My when I moved from uh, Toronto, my sister took all my stuff and put it in her basement, and then she had a flood and ruined everything. Oh
28: no! That's very sad sad story. story, Very
23: sad (laughs) story. Why'd you bring the room down like that? Uh, Because I want to get out to Uh, go to my airport. I see. (laughs) (laughs) Um, um, uh, Oh yeah, here's. Uh, he, he was going to come tonight. He's not here. Dave Foley, one of the kids in the hall. He was going to come here. He was
28: going to come until here. Until he found
23: out I was showing up. No, no, it's the opposite. Oh. He found out I was showing up. <laughs> <laughs> he, he got a headache. He had a, should I say this? I can't even pronounce it. Yesterday he had a, uh, help me, colonoscopy. Uh, colonosc- colonoscopy. Yeah, yeah. And he's uh, feeling badly from
28: it. Oh. He should have just gotten a semi-colonoscopy.
23: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, once, uh, the kids in the hall, a few years ago, we were on a Canadian TV show, and Scott had a colonoscopy uh-huh. uh, that morning, and um, uh, we were reading the script, and they were asking us their notes, because they were pretending to care about it, it was the kids in the hall, and, um, and Scott whispered to me, um, because of uh, the pr- procedure I just had, I'm pulling my pants. And then the, um, and then, uh, the writer said, uh, uh, Scott, do you have any notes? And then uh, I said, because I want to get him out there. No, 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 he's okay. No, Kevin, I have notes. <laughs> <laughs> and pooing his pants, he gave a half hour of notes. Yeah. yeah.
28: <laughs> no. I, I have had the procedure a couple times because I'm an old guy. And uh, they give you pictures. They give you pictures afterwards. Oh my, oh, my God. And more than once I've asked my wife,
23: should I Instagram this? No! No, do not do that. It'd be so popular. <laughs> It'd be so... Uh, <laughs> Not as popular as another one loves on the bu- uh, bus. And um, what do you keep calling it? Another one. Another loves one a- loves on the bus. Another one loves I'm on the bus. A, I'm adding a word.
28: <laughs> and changing a few, but it's they, all right. I mean, we words. get the gist. They different We words get the in general feel. Yeah.
23: Dave Foley and I, yes. we always talked about ad nauseum the people that tell us to shut up in the '80s and '90s. How funny your videos were because we we're like. Uh, we're big fans of Buster Keaton and the sight gags were amazing. Who thought, it? did you think of the sight gags? Uh, well,
28: most of it, but, um,
23: yeah. <laughs> like, so you're a comedian. More than well, the, <laughs> I like the comedy. You like the comedy. That's my point. That, like that, uh, how did you get that talent and music? Like, that? like you thought of really great, like, video after video after video had amazing sight gags.
28: Oh, thanks. I don't know. I just I Is listen. Is that a question? I listen to that. That's a good that's a question. I I I don't know the answer there. Where where do your ideas come from? I, I just listen to the
23: Yeah, but I'm a comedian. I mean, well, you're a comedian. Yeah. But you're two things. <laughs>
28: <laughs> my brain has split. Yeah,
23: you're uh, I just listen to
28: the voices in my head, you know. I understand. Are you a Buster Keaton fan? Absolutely. Well, the um I mean, in Amish Paradise, when the uh when the the, the barn falls down, All right, that's a total right. that's a total Buster Keaton Right, steal. right.
23: Yeah, I'm showing that where I live in Winnipeg for some reason next uh, I, I show a funny movie every month and I'm showing that one and um, uh, you know Steamboat Bill Jr. where the wall falls on Buster Keaton and everyone knows it was a real wall right and would have killed him but he got like the best mathematicians in America to like yeah. to measure it I out. didn't have
28: the best mathematicians I had some guy with green hair and a nose ring going <laughs>
23: yeah you'll be fine <laughs> Wasn't no, no, real... literally, I mean, th- this was not
28: it was not CGI. It was a real literal, like, barn wall that fell on me, barely missing my head. And it wasn't even just wood. They had to reinforce it with steel so it wouldn't, like, torque and, like, miss the mark. So it was this, like, really, really, really would have killed me dead if I had, like, moved a few inches either way. <laughs> and I was like, we're doing one take, and I'll try really hard not to act like I'm so scared right now. <laughs>
23: And they can't practice it with the dummies your height because no. uh, because that would ruin the wall. Right,
28: right. Wow, it's a one take thing.
23: But you're kidding. Please tell me he really had mathematicians.
28: Well, I think he did some math, but. <laughs> I,
23: I <didn't>.
5: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! How many accolades and catchphrases can one podcast have? Los Culturistas, hosted by Matt Rogers and Bonyang, Yang, has been named to best of lists in Time, Esquire, Vulture, Time Out New York, and many more publications. And they are about to embark on a national tour early next year. Los Culturistas remains an absolute must listen week after week. And if you need proof, just check out this clip from their episode Piss Sussy, sis pussy. With a woman smiles, Patty Harrison. And after you listen, follow at Lost Culturistas on Twitter to see if Matt and Bowen are coming to your hometown in 2019. Roll that clip.
1: If you had all the money in the world as the pop star that is Patty, what does your concert look like? How does it start? Like, who comes out? Like, what's, is there a story? Like, what kind of fantastical aesthetic elements are we happening? Like, if you could do a world tour, like the 1989 tour oh, or wow. like Beyonce Formation, like, mm-hmm. what is the Patty tour?
29: So my tour would um be called Well let's not start there. Okay. Let's not let's start there. Let's actually say that uh it would be an audiovisual experience. Yes. There would be, you know, there would be pre filmed things yes. that and there would be huge screens. Oh wow. And this there would be different. lights. Mm-hmm. Lights that would come up. So the so the concert's about to start, imagine. Okay. Concerts about to start. I can see it. Everyone's just like there's, what is, a stadium is like 50,000 people. Yeah. And then oh, wow. and then the lights go out and everyone's like, oh. And then, yeah, and then some lights come on. And then the screen comes on too. Oh, my God. And then I come out. And then music is playing. Oh my God! Boom, There's so boom, much music boom, playing. Boom, Everyone's boom, dancing boom, and screaming. Boom, boom, I come boom, out. Boom, Dancers come out. Boom, they're boom, dancing too. Boom, boom, yeah. They're like they're all they're doing the routine. We we painstakingly right. painstakingly. Okay. Practice. I come out. I start singing a medley yeah. of my original my hits from my first album. Yes, and it's like a medley. Yeah.
9: Yes. yes,
29: that. But it's like in the key of another one of my hits, and Do they're all in the same key because it
0: sets you up for the next song that you're going into in the medley. Yeah. Yeah. It,
29: it's and this is like an amazing medley. Then mm-hmm. my outfit, also by the way, looks beautiful. Oh my god! To describe it, everyone oh. is like. Um, and people are taking pictures of it. Oh my God. People are taking, people, thousands of people have their people phones light. out. Wait, are actually.
0: people describing your outfit as like, yes, gag, slay? They say
29: a gag. People are saying gag. Are they screaming? Patty. Well, one person actually is screaming a slur. <laughs> There's like one person out there over all the screams of adoration. I can kind of hear one slur. And I'm like, I think I know what they're saying. I yeah. think it's a slur. Yeah. And um, but I'm like, I'm not trying to focus too much on it. So I'm like, I'm like focusing. On, and again, my choreography is slightly less intense than the dancers, so right, I can right, fully right. focus on dancing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I need time to
1: kind of vamp and you like can walk stop around and, like, and like, like point here and there and be mm-hmm. like,
29: yeah. hey, And then I I point and I'm like, are you? And I stop and there. There's also I'm not lip syncing, but there is a vocal track in the background. It has a chorus on it right, and then right. the lead. Yeah. And people are like and then I hear I hear like in the distance I hear like I hear like and I'm like wait not only did I hear a slur but I think I recognize the voice of the and I'm so I'm like we're going into my first my first song is actually one off the new album oh my god great and it's like it's, it's a song that's like fast. Yeah, And then, so it's
1: like, yeah. And then
29: it's like images. There's images that correspond with the song. So yeah, the song yeah. is actually about uh, moving on. And okay. then, so that's going on. And then a spotlight, uh, uh, not planned, a spotlight. I'm like, what is going on? A spotlight goes to a crowd. <laughs> Guess who
0: is in the crowd? Ellen DeGeneres. Ellen DeGeneres.
29: <laughs> that was it. That really was it. Because, because we, we talked about her last time. Yeah. And she's erect. <laughs> she's, How big is her dag? It's 17
0: inches this time. <laughs> this time it's 17 inches. It got bigger inches. from last
29: time? Yeah. She did something.
0: She got like an... She got she an, a
29: penile implant? She got yes. A
0: penect- oh, no, no. no penectomy a penectomy. penectomy. No, penectomy was when they removed the penis. But she got a penile implant.
29: She got a penectomy and then... Got and a, her, got, a, got her penis removed and then got...
0: A, a, a penoplasty. and.
29: A, a, a African rhino <laughs> horn in the place so actually when I said it was 17 inches it's actually closer to four and a half feet long and she's lancing my fans just like <laughs> lancing my fans in the crowd like oh there's like a stack of my fans are on you sad as horn. you see this happening I'm so sad yeah. I'm crying on stage I'm like stop the music but they turned my mic off <laughs> because <laughs> she
0: did it no so she so she talked to the tech people she talked to the
29: tech people she's very powerful that's when I realized that she talked to the tech people ahead of time and that is not a, that was like oh my god and still the music this is <laughs> bigger than the this is the and then there's a part in the music where all the percussion drops and, and it's just like it's like it's like this arpeggio of like harp it's a beautiful part of the song and i'm like ellen get out of here as she comes up on stage oh does god. a flip with still about six of my fans stacked on her horn <laughs> does a flip. The <laughs> centrifugal force of the flip flings the fans at me off of her. like, and she's about, she's flipping probably like 20 feet up in the air. So it's that's like, that's insane. She can get that high. Yeah. Oh yeah. I know. It's like a full, and it's like, it's a really fast rotation. We don't it's know like how powerful. Flips. Right. right, right. It is.
1: Wow. But, but all the fans, but the fans up, have come towards you. the fans, sp-
29: They smack into me, knock me down. Oh my God. My, <laughs> And my big platform shoes break.
1: No. Embarrassing. Embarrassing. No. Embarrassing. So embarrassing. What an yeah. epic concert fail.
29: Yeah, Jennifer Bowman, who's our costumer, <laughs> she's like made those shoes herself, like oh, special. Oh my God. Is so she like, okay? Did she oh, get out of the arena? Huh?
1: Does she get out of the arena?
29: Oh, Jennifer Bowman doesn't come to my shows because we have a bad relationship. Oh, okay.
1: <laughs> Uh, so then, uh, so that's the whole thing. And then. Um, so then, by that time, you're knocked out, and the fans, I guess, are long dead by now.
29: Yeah. Or but, at least several well, of them. like six, and maybe some that got injured in, in yeah. the during and, the fray. And they're like, they're all mad. They're like, this yeah. is not what we came here to see. No. So now, we came here to see
9: the music. We yeah. are we yeah. here to see
29: Patty, man. Yeah. But the, at this point, they've all turned because they're mad, and they're oh. all saying tranny. Oh, no, tranny. you tranny no. and i said stop it stop it and then that's when ellen turns to me no and guess what she fucking says no no what guess what she says what was it she says you are a bit <laughs> <laughs> and my heart breaks oh my because god because i believe it and it, it's Ellen. It's Ellen. She and is at this point, a she, hero. She's obviously... A hero of
1: mine. In that moment, like she's gotten everyone to turn on you. They obviously have taken sides with her even though they've killed probably some of the people that they know. Yeah, yeah they
29: start killing... I mean, the fans are so mad, screaming tranny. They start killing each other. Killing
0: each other. <gasps> this is so oh, but, serious. Uh, just so
29: you know, just so you know, at the at my tours, all my fans are cis because I won't let trans
9: people.
29: <laughs> <laughs> in I I don't like trans people. Yeah, yeah You're yeah. a turf. I'm a turf. You're a turf, <laughs> and it's a tr- it's turfs only. Yeah, turfs only. Yeah, turfs only. Trans exclusionary radical feminist. Yes. For those yes. of you who don't,
1: or who aren't with it, and they're all. And they're all straight, beautiful too. <laughs> they're Just straight, beautiful, beautiful cis, turfs. Yeah,
0: turf Straight cis beautiful and gorgeous turf. They're saying tranny, but also Ellen. I remember originated the pronunciation tronny.
29: Tronny, yes, with <laughs> with an H and two Ns. Oh, T
0: r o
1: n
9: n
0: e i g h with yeah. the H. Oh, o and the h. Yeah, T-R-A-G-H. But so they're screaming, Tranny, Tranny.
29: And she's like, hey, you know why I say it that way? And I was like, oh, why, Ellen? This night couldn't get any worse. And she's like, (laughs) because it's a play on pronunciation of the Vietnamese language, because I know you're Vietnamese, too, you Tranny.
0: Oh, just could cuts deeper, or twists the knife she
29: fucking she fucking puts that knife oh, on she, a
0: screwdriver let me tell you
29: something and, about an electric screwdriver love yeah this knife. it's she, more than just twisting the knife yeah, I am yeah yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah she really went there <laughs> That's she a cool go- winter. And that's a gorgeous tour. And that
29: is literally just Stockholm where the tour starts. <laughs> that's literally nice. just the first leg of the tour. And, and talk Sweden. about why
0: Stockholm. Like what does Sweden yeah, mean was, to you? Why, was... why is that meaningful? Uh,
29: rich culture, a lot of, <laughs> of amazing art, their government like uh, the government in Sweden is just like really progressive socially, you know, <laughs> the access to health care, the way people like treat each other even. Yeah. Um, predominantly white blonde yes
0: yes it's it's sort of easier when that you matters have, it matters and a
29: lot of amazing pop comes out of scandinavia and that was of amazing
0: pop but see the thing about sweden and the thing that it's it just it's a great case study in um homogenizing a people to more easily govern and more easily socialize and provide access because if, if the people look the same it's easier mm-hmm. you know? yeah absolutely
29: yeah. once you all look the same yeah then you all act the same. Yes. Then you all buy tickets to the same concert. Oh, that's my beautiful.
1: That's a good, really good economy uh, model.
29: I disagree.
1: Okay, but you're you're still like
29: uh, I, everything I set up until this point would I was setting up that oh. you would say that, so I would agree, and then I changed my mind
1: in real time.
0: Wow. Oh, okay, oh, cool. okay, all right. Um, and
29: that's what people come to expect from my shows. Yeah, yeah
0: <laughs> that
1: they're going to expect to like, except for example, get through it and live. Yeah. Yeah, yes. that might not be the case. Well, that's why they turned on each other.
0: Yes. Yeah. Well, and the tour is called sis Hats Only. It's radical. Uh, Cis Hat turf, turf Only. Beautiful Turf.
29: Yeah, it's called Beautiful Turf: Sis <laughs> Hats Only. Uh, uh, colon uh, uh, Dharma and Greg live for one night only. And they're there. They're the actors who play Dharma and Greg are there.
0: Oh my god! And
29: they, what? Jenna
1: Elfman. Jenna yeah, Elfman. Jenna Did Elfman, Scientologist
29: famous Scientologist and I'm and I'm giving I give her like a 20 minute platform in the middle of the show just to talk about Scientology and she's like really charismatic about it because she's like I know it's, it's so crazy you guys probably think I'm crazy yeah it, it really is a lot of it's so stupid right like really luring people in with that and disarming she's like,
0: disarming disarming yeah she's yeah. like
29: you know what might be fun what if you just like took some friends and you went to like the church of Scientology as a joke because the doors are always open you should see how like crazy stupid some of the decoration is it's so gaudy and everyone's like haha that's so funny and but it's like under the guise of like,
0: oh, yeah, come see how stupid this thing is. And then but it's 50,000 people. i like, they're going to go
29: and they all go.
0: <laughs> and how many of them uh, fall for it? Hmm.
1: How many you of them? F- fall did you, for
29: it? did you not hear me?
1: Wait, are you? I said they all all of them. But I know all of them go. But how many <clears throat> stay? How <clears throat> many sign on the dotted line when well. it comes to push comes to shove? Well,
29: when push comes to shove, jokes on you, bitch. They were all already Scientologists because it's also all-
1: Scientologists only. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> only.
0: Dharma and Greg. Beautiful.
1: And Greg. Turfs. Scientologists who are also TERFs. Sishet.
0: It's, it's called Beautiful TERFs colon. Um, Sishet only. Cishet only. Cishet only colon. Dharma and Greg live one night only colon. Scientologists, Scientologists,
5: Scientologists only.
0: only.
30: Yes.
5: The newest addition to Forever Dog is this next podcast, The Very Funny Mall Talk, hosted by comedians and L.A. mall aficionados Emily Fay and Paige Weldon, who do not think that hanging out at the mall should stop in adulthood. Each episode, a guest joins them to discuss classic stores, mall memories, and recent mall-going adventures. In the following clip, Emily and Paige talk to comedian Solomon Giorgio about Cinnabon, J.C. JCPenney, and so much more.
31: So then you never went back to Macy's?
32: No.
5: But I did eat at Cinnabon every day. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I,
32: I used to do the worst thing ever because Cinnabon had, um, they had those, they had the particular ones, uh which was like the pecan one. Mm-hmm. And also, I don't think they have any more. They actually had a root beer milkshake.
31: Oh, oh, that sounds good.
32: Oh, yeah. So I'd have... A, we had
31: the same exact reaction to that. Oh. <laughs> uh, hmm. So
32: what I would do is order both of those things at the same time.
27: Every day?
32: Oh, yeah. Every day. Well, it was th- within those three days that I was oh, working sure. there and um, many times before and after uh until they no longer serve the root beer
31: <laughs> oh i thought you were gonna say until they would no longer serve you they were like excuse me sir so, um, <laughs> you are cut off
32: we can see how soft your teeth are now <laughs> you have to stop. We, have a,
31: we have a moral responsibility even vibrating for the last 30 minutes and i need you to stop oh my wait so where else did you work
32: um i'm trying to remember all the places that i worked because i had a lot of jobs at the time, and I that I would quit uh, in dramatic ways, <laughs> um, because I did work at a J C Penney, but it wasn't at that mall. It was okay. at um oh my god, it was Alderwood Mall. I think it was, it was called. Oh, I can't remember. It's it's in Lynnwood, Washington, which is in North uh, Seattle. Um, and I worked at the J, J. C Penney's there. There was a J C Penneys at Northgate, which I went to many times. Did uh, you used
31: to shop at J C Penney? Oh,
32: so many times it's my mom's favorite place to buy her kids presents till this very day
31: i'm pretty sure she's
32: currently in that daisy penny trying to see if i want an oversized tweety bird shirt or
31: and you do
32: or just in a case small pair of boxers no she buys me briefs that's tidy whities she never knows my size it's always a double xl or the smallest and you're like who, who, who do you know? Have you met me before? <laughs> I do
31: feel like J C. Penny is also like, in my mind, such my mom's like mm-hmm. department store it where is. it's like, I feel like it's like Macy's is a little more like elevate. It's like a little fancier. J C. Penny it's like mom's like, I'm going to Penny's. I'm getting a deal in my mind. Oh, yeah. Is that where all like your school clothes and stuff came from? Um,
32: no, uh, no. I wish Uh, (laughs) it was mostly Ross and Marshall's Mm. also at the mall.
31: I mean, we love, we love Marshall's.
32: I Marshall's is definitely a a clean, a cleaner Ross, but that's really, again, not a,
31: (laughs) I mean, Ross, I will enter if there's an emergency of some kind where I simply can't get to a Marshall's, but it's a war zone. It's Uh, it's crazy in there.
32: But I'll tell you this right now, uh, when it comes to home goods, Oh, yeah. Ross is crushing the game. I
31: recently bought a teapot Mm. there. Yeah.
32: Ross is where the great deals are in Home Goods because no one goes, and that's part of the Ross. Yeah. Totally. So it's not decimated. I feel like that,
31: that is the one part of Ross, whereas Marshall's overall, I'm like, great everything's great well, everything's great, great but marshall's
32: doesn't have good deals on home goods they, which is... i was
31: in marshall's recently looking for a teapot and mm-hmm. i was like most of these teapots are like 25 dollars.
32: disrespectful to the game
31: yeah why am i even here yeah,
32: yeah like i might I've... as
31: well might as well go to williams sonoma and
32: <laughs> spend big bucks on a teapot on a te- look yeah. i'm just saying if you have a store I can't. I shouldn't be able to buy three shirts for the same price <laughs> yeah, as a, yeah, a teapot. Yeah, it's
31: weird. <laughs> I don't understand why that's going on. But I did then immediately go into Ross and get what one you for felt, like $1. $3.99
32: or to, Oh, you could. I, feel, I got like, one. I got a beautiful red one for four ninety nine. So.
31: That's amazing. Oh, I actually also need a tea kettle. Yeah, we'll
10: report back.
32: <laughs> yeah, check <I'm gonna laughs> into the Ross. See what you find. Um, the one in Pasadena
31: <laughs> is very good. That's
32: the best one. All right. Also the cleanest. Oh, I
31: haven't been in
32: most of the most of the clothes in that one are on the rack.
31: Oh wow, I suppose oh, something to be said. Trampled <laughs> on the floor. I mean, oh, yeah, and the, yeah oh, that's yeah. crazy. But
32: I've only been there when it first opened at 10 a.m. So. Ah,
31: uh, sure.
32: I can't speak for an afternoon.
31: <laughs> for an afternoon. afternoon. Ross. I can't imagine.
32: Um, but actually even, I. Oh, man, I remember one time because we went to Ross so many times that I pooped my pants. <gasps> at Ross.
31: And everyone was like, correct. It seems right.
32: <laughs> yeah. And my mother refused to buy me new pants. Oh
31: no! <laughs> Why?
9: The
32: only, conti- the only time that I have- anyone's ever been like, I need to buy pants at Ross. <laughs> 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 I need to. Yeah,
9: was it like,
31: is... I don't want to buy pants right now? Or was it like, sit in your mistake?
32: <laughs> <laughs> it was, I really... So it
31: won't happen again. I
32: truly wish my mother had that decency in her, uh, <laughs> where she was like, I can't afford this. We can't. No, no, no. It was more like, mmm... No, oh, God. you do this on purpose, which is like, who shits their pants on purpose? No,
31: there's no winning part of that. No, yeah. really... You're not getting anything out of it,
32: believe it or not. And, oh, it's, like, and it's like, you're going to have to be in the car with me on the ride
5: back home. Yeah, that's so good.
31: This hurts all of us. This is bad for everybody.
5: Listening to Mary Houlihan's little podcast is like being stuck in a blender of early 90s FM radio. That sounds like a quote, but I just came up with it. Every time you listen to Mary Houlihan's little podcast, it's something different. A morning talk show, an advice show, a game show, a makeover show, a call-in show, a call-out show. All from the mind of Mary Houlihan. Plus commercials like this one. Hey, the big concert's on the beach. Let's go.
33: But wait, I have to eat all these tacos.
5: Just put them in your pants.
8: You ever go on a run and reach into your pocket for a taco, but it's all cold? No way! Taco Pants are special pants with foil-insulated pockets that keep your tacos warm all day. I'm in love with the Taco Pants. Taco Pants.
5: Now available with sour cream. This next podcast was named 2018's Best Podcast for Aspiring Comedians by Vulture. Not because it talks about how to succeed, but about how to fail. The Need to Fail with Don Finelli features comedians and entertainers at the top of their game talking about all the rules they didn't get, all the shows they bombed, all the times they ate shit and their dreams felt more elusive than ever, and how they persevered through those times. In the following clip, Don talks with comedian, writer, and improviser Neil Casey.
34: So you kept your car? You have your car in New York? still have my car in New York, and then I had 30 days to figure <laughs> out, like, where I'm going to live and what's going on. And the answer was – ended up being that um, I lived – Nowhere for five months. <laughs> wow. Um, and, uh, uh, I packed, I threw away a ton more shit. I got a storage unit over on the West Side Highway for the stuff I kept that wasn't in my car. Wow. And, uh, and then I was homeless for from April <laughs> of 2012 until September of 2012 or, or mid August of 2012 Jesus. when I moved into Nick Kocher's room that I rented with like Grant O'Brien yeah. and Mary and Lennon and, Len and some and good people there right and part of it, it was like I called it a um what was I was like it's a um it's like a controlled homelessness <laughs> because my thinking was if I if I can just there's some places I needed to be mm-hmm. including um uh the, the the torco trip to South Carolina mm-hmm williamstown theater festival where i teach improv classes in the summertime mm-hmm. my family rents a beach house mm-hmm. in june so there was like if i could just cover these weeks <laughs> right. then i basically wouldn't need to pay rent for like i thought like three months It right. ended up being like a little over four
5: what did you do <laughs> how did you do this
34: i um, where did you stay I stayed at my brother's a little bit mm-hmm. uh, a couple nights, but he, he just had a, a bedroom. Did people know? Did you tell anybody about this? the people I asked to stay with? I did. Yeah. yeah. But nobody else knew. Nobody else knew because Heinz and I were doing our show then too. So anytime Heinz and I would do small men, I would stay at his house the night before. Right. And I'd sleep there and then we would. Um, but did you tell him? I don't have a he place. Knew. Okay. He, yeah. He yeah, knew yeah, yeah, like yeah. my, my, my closest friends knew. Right. Um, and I I would say I stayed at my brothers. I stayed at Dan Black's one time. Mm-hmm. I stayed at Bluff Bands right, one time. Right. These are all people um, right in Manhattan too. Yeah. 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 Kind of kind of kind of keeping it on that way. I I lived at the Greenpoint YMCA for a little while. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh With a lot of old with a lot of old guys. Um, <laughs> Where are you mentally during this? How are you? Are you determined, or are you like fucking low? Well, I was throwing I, – I, in in retrospect, I believe that what I was doing was I was eliminating absolutely everything that I had going on in my life so that I could, like, reboot the few things that I think would actually work.
5: Another very exciting addition to Forever Dog this year was the beloved cult sensation podcast The Ride, a show about theme parks hosted by three childless men in their 30s, Mike Carlson, Jason Sheridan, and Scott Gardner. This year, Podcast The Ride accomplished perhaps the most impressive feat in all of comedy podcasting, releasing an 18 episodes in 18 days series about Hollywood's Universal City Walk that was rightly named Best Mini Series of 2018 by Vulture. And here is a clip from that very series The City Walk Saga. We- and let's clarify this
3: series is about City Walk at Universal Hollywood, oh. not CityWalk
35: at Universal Orlando. Important. Right, That is an entirely different entity. We will not speak about that at all. At all. This is only for Hollywood. And yes, now... That is also lovely.
12: It's a lovely place. Yeah. Well, in an endeavor like this requires rules and uh, parameters. Yes. Right? And which is why, you know, we've carefully caged ourselves in with the 19-part System. Yes. Now, where did where did nineteen uh, come from? I feel like because they aren't necessarily all uh, even in the amounts of stores and restaurants, but there's I think nineteen is a is a perfect number, uh, mm-hmm. uh, and I don't want to. The question perfection, but but if we had to analyze, what is it about nineteen? Why is that the perfect amount?
35: The, you know, the, one of the impetuses for for doing this is that like we, we met a care a guy. I think a guy it's almost a, undervalues I, what he is
12: a mentor figure, maybe or a a Boys. voice of authority. Boys, oh he yeah he's here a sector keeper. He you could know who could have said it better yeah, themselves so, than um, the
35: man hims the being. Himself. Um, so yeah, joining us today on the podcast is uh, we call him the Sector Keeper. He keeps the different sectors of City Walk, Universal City Walk Sector Keeper. Please, of course, uh, Universal City Walk Hollywood Sector Keeper. Actually, if I may correct you, I'm yes, so my sorry. spirit
36: can't cross the,
35: right, cr- the across country. the country. Country, yeah. You yeah. Start
36: to dissipate when you hit the Mississippi. I lose correct. strength. Yes. Yeah.
35: So when we talk about nineteen sectors, um, this is sort of uh, a number that's been around for as long as time like mm. the number 23
12: the, the significant number of the Jim Carrey film 19 is a it's it, it exists in many different uh, b- b- codes and it's embedded secretly all over the citywalk mm. property that's fair to say correct yes yes as I, another world league of uh, meaning citywalk is a powerful place a magical
36: place right. and so you must divide it into sectors to experience more than a sector provides would be dangerous
35: Yes, if we have too much fun and too much discussion about of like maybe say two sectors at once, it would be too much for sort of a normal mortal man or woman to handle. Mm-hmm. So that's why we've divided it up into different sectors because if we were to talk about all of citywalk at once, who knows what would happen. I
3: know. we would just be exhausted you know
12: or yeah. we'd be here all day well all and, week. and many people uh, in this city or visiting Los Angeles from other cities have gone up to city walk and i c- i can only m- imagine i mean there's no there's no wrong way to do city walk but there's also a perfect way to do it and and it, it seems to me sector keeper that uh, the, the, by laying out the divine sectors, you are uh, providing the your ideal way of experiencing uh, uh, this this mall. I would call it a perfect sort of roadmap.
36: Yes, look at it as a roadmap. A roadmap that will provide you uh, many things: uh, mm. discoveries of mm. popcorn,
35: mm. okay,
36: and popcornopolis. Right. Ah. discoveries of board shorts. Oh, okay, at Billabong. <laughs> discoveries of watches. Fossil oh, okay. Discoveries, discoveries of water massages at Zen Zone. Ooh. Okay. And discoveries of well-priced... Women's fashion at Angel. Oh, oh just like oh, scarves okay. and stuff? Yes, like scarves and, and dresses. But at um, a reasonable price. But at right? a reasonable price, yes. Fashion forward, but at a reasonable yes. price. Okay. And that is your first sector. Okay, that's sector, sector one. one. Sector Billabong, one Billabong, Popcornopolis, Fossil, Zen Zone, <laughs> and Angel. My boys. <laughs> oh, were your boys Venture now? into. <laughs> venture into the sector. Discuss, but be careful if you go outside of the sector. My spirits will burn in hell. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> oh
35: no! I oh, will spit out the drink I had in my mouth. Why did you? Really? That's what's at stake here.
36: Yes. Oof. Each sector will help piece together my soul. Oh wow! Once you accomplish each sector, you will get a sector stone. Okay. Nineteen sector stones make up my soul. Oh, my God. Wow. So, please, go forth, be careful, and I'll be here watching over you as your guardian. Okay. Guardian. Se- so, guardian. We're like, setting
35: you free? Sorry to bring you back real quick. Oh, uh, yes, you... I'm still here. <laughs> so, okay, so, we're you know, setting thanks. you free? free hang... so, so, yeah, like, you can hang out, but, like, you, we're setting you free, basically. Are you yes. into, like, Casper, where, like, you have unfinished business, or?
36: Yes, I have unfinished business in the City Walk. Okay. I can't so... get into the details. I'll tell you more as you discover more. Okay. All right, great. But just well... know that I will go to hell if you don't
5: do this. Oof. Okay, well, that's a lot to put on us, huh? Perhaps no podcast has followed a more bizarre and self-destructive trajectory than the podcast for laundry. Originally pitched to us as a podcast to do your laundry to, we honestly had no idea what we were getting into. Over the course of the last year, host and laundry obsessive Brett Davis has been arrested during a live recording, gotten married to a bottle of Tide detergent, and pissed off pretty much every guest that has been unfortunate enough to be booked on the show. Guests including Janine Garofalo, Wyatt Sanak, Tom Sharpling, Bridie Elliott, and Chris Gethard. Please tolerate the following clip featuring Awful Brett and the wonderful Sashir Zameda.
37: You know what I do? I've got, um, if you see my my belt, I've got what looks like a little, like a 90s cell phone holder. Yeah. It's kind of thick, but I jam-packed Tide Pods.
38: Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. That's very convenient.
37: Like, you know how people walk around with dog treats? Mm-hmm. I'm sort of like that, but with Tide Pods. Tide Pods. Yeah.
38: That's great. Do you, like, hand them out to strangers or just use them for yourself?
37: to strangers for myself, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever. This, you know, sometimes i check in on a laundromat and I'd just pop my head and say, everything okay in here?
38: Yeah. <laughs> that's really nice of you.
37: And then if if some, it's never happened, but if someone's like,
14: ah, I forgot my laundromat,
37: I made my, my, my card, and my, now I don't have my detergent, I'd be like, hey, and i toss them a Tide Pod.
38: Wow, mm-hmm. that's like a commercial. Yeah. For Tide Pods. I'd be worried that they would melt. Do in- you do commercials? I don't any well, yeah, I do okay. i I used to do more than I do now, but yes,
37: do you know any advertising agencies
38: um not like I don't have like good relationships with anybody I know of some are you looking for sponsorship no,
37: I'm well, yeah, I was tried, but uh I think i I have a lot of great laundry detergent commercial ideas
38: I'm sure you do mm-hmm. There was one uh, commercial I auditioned for. Actually, for Tide. I didn't get it, but I auditioned oh, for it. Oh, my God. And uh, it was like a mom role where you had to like be with a kid who was messy. Uh-huh. And um, those auditions with other kids are always weird, because you don't know the kid, but mm-hmm. their mom is there, and you're like trying to like convince them to like chill out and be okay with this new adult <laughs> in this very strange situation. Interesting. There was one I did for Loves where I had to hold a baby, and that was very strange.
37: And it like a live baby?
38: I had to hold a live baby. And they were like, the casting people were asking me questions like, do you like kids? Do you like being with kids? And I'm like holding it as far away as possible. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. this is a blast for me. And it wasn't because it was wet. It was a very wet baby. Mm-hmm. Most was, babies was are wet. Was it
37: one baby like kind of being passed around all day?
38: I think they had multiple babies being passed okay. around. I think that one, that baby maybe did a couple auditions and then... They're like, okay, we get we get what that baby's deal is, and then they bring in another baby.
37: Do you still have your sides?
38: I don't, no.
37: Oh, that would have been a fun segment.
38: Uh, yeah, sorry.
37: It's like sort of living your dream?
38: Yeah. I mean, I've done other stuff since then, but...
37: I could be the baby. <laughs> you could hold me like a little baby.
38: No, you're a little bigger than a baby.
37: Well, yeah, but I could be a little baby.
38: I need my laundry done. The baby didn't have lines. It was just, it was just the adult that had the li- the lines. So, baby just sat there.
37: Coo, I could coo. You could. Mm. Do you want to improv this? you
38: okay. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Um. Wow. Should I
37: get in your lap?
38: No, no. You can say right there. Okay. And we'll just pretend uh, that you are in my lap. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. As a busy mom, I don't have time to just clean up all the time. <laughs> when, when I'm on the go... <laughs> when I'm on the go, <laughs> and my and my son's on the go, I use Loves. <laughs> yeah, that seems great. Yeah. That was really great. Good.
37: What, what do you use?
38: Loves. What's Loves? The, the, the diaper company.
37: Oh, I thought we were doing a laundry commercial.
38: Oh, let's let's go back and do a laundry yep, commercial. Please. Sure. Okay. Thanks. Yeah. I'm a busy mom, and I don't have time to just run around and pick up my kids' clothes all the time. As you, as you can see, little Herbert gets very upset <laughs> often. So when I need to get my kids' clothes ready to go...
37: There's a reason for this.
38: Okay, Um, I need to get my kids' clothes ready to go. I use Tide. Oh, see, look how happy he is now now that I'm using Tide. Tide pod. Those were your first words. Tide pod. Oh, don't eat it! Don't eat it, sweetie. Wow, that was great. Yeah. I wish there was a casting director here, because that would have been amazing.
37: Well, we could just sit, send this. We you know, should. they do radio ads.
38: This is true. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
37: Um, maybe this could be on Spotify. Imagine if you don't have the Spotify premium, and you're just kind of going through your day, and then you hear that in between your you know, workout playlist or mm-hmm. something. Yeah. It'd be so exciting.
38: It'd be so exciting. You're like, wow, maybe I should get tied.
37: Is that Sashir?
38: <laughs> is that Brett? Well, they're doing well. Yeah.
5: (laughs) One of two podcasts at Forever Dog hosted by the prolific duo of Lindsay K. Ty and Kelly Nugent, Public Domain Theater started out as a bonus episode and has since grown into one of the most rewarding and bingeable back catalogs in the comedy podcast universe. Public Domain Theater is like Masterpiece Theater meets Mystery Science Theater 3000. Lindsay Kelly and their guests read a classic or not-so-classic work of literature from the public domain and interrupt it with hilarious commentary. If you're looking for an episode to start with, try Sherwood Anderson's The Egg with guest Rhea Butcher, Bram Stoker's The Doolitists with guest Mary Holland, named one of IndieWire's best podcast episodes of 2018, or Irving E. Cox's Love Story with guest Nick Weiger, which is where this clip comes from. True to yourself, George
39: found a strange comfort in the words, and his fear was gone. Oh, no. He squared his shoulders and faced the mouth of her gun. True to yourself, that was something worth dying for. He saw a flicker of emotion in the old woman's eyes. Admiration? He couldn't be sure, for at the moment a shot rang out from the end of the corridor and the top director fell back, nursing a hand suddenly bright with blood.
40: Oh Wait, my what? Did somebody God. else shoot her? A rove, roving band a roving of roving bachelors, band of of broken. bachelors? Broken. Or is it
39: Jenny? Oh, oh no, oh, no, oh, no,
9: it's no! Jenny!
41: <laughs> It's Jenny! No, no, don't do it. Let him go. No!
39: It was Jenny's no, voice.
41: No, no, no. Jenny! Jenny!
39: She was sheltered by a partly open door at the foot of the stairway. No, no, don't no. be a fool, the old woman replied. He's no. seen too much. <laughs> no. It doesn't matter. No. Who would believe him? You're upset. You don't realize he's mine and I want him. The director will give you a refund of the purchase price. <laughs>
40: oh, my God. You
39: didn't understand me. I don't want one of your pretty automatons. Anybody can buy them for a few shares of stock. Oh I want a God. man. A real oh man. Oh, God. I want to belong to him. Oh. He belongs to Watching you. a horror movie. You bought him.
40: No. No. oh yeah, yay. Yeah.
39: <laughs> and that's what's wrong. We really belong to each other.
40: Oh, this is so cheesy.
39: An old woman glanced at George and he saw the flame flicker of feeling in her eyes. Oh. And tears, tears of regret. Why? We have you outnumbered, the old woman said quietly to Jenny. I don't care. I have a gun. I'll use it as long as I'm able. (laughs) Oh my God. The moral squad raised their weapons. The director shook her head imperiously and they snapped to attention again. If you take him from us, she called out to Jenny. You'll be outlawed. We'll hunt you down if we can. I want him jenny persisted i don't care about the rest of it the old woman nodded at george he couldn't believe that she meant it the director was on her home ground in her headquarters building backed by an armed squad of stone-faced amazons she had no reason to let him go she walked beside him as he moved down the hall when they were 20, when they were 20 feet from the guard she closed her thin hand on his arm her eyes swam with tears and she whispered
42: punch me <laughs> <laughs>
39: There truly is a love potion, not this nonsense we bottle here, but something real and very worthwhile. You and this girl have found it. I know that from the way she talks. She doesn't say anything about ownership, and that's as it should be, as it has to be for any of us to be happy. Hold tight to that all the rest of your life. Don't ever believe in words. Don't fall for any more love stories. Believe what you feel deep inside, what you know yourself to be true. You men who learn to break away are our only hope, too.
40: Sorry, who's talking right now? This, this, is, old imperial this is the old
39: woman who's been shot.
40: Why did she all uh, of a sudden change her mind?
39: I don't know. She's I, flipped 180. So yeah. oh
40: much. <laughs> yeah.
39: Most of us don't see that yet. I do. I know what it used to be like. Someday there may which so she's like over 90 years old? Yeah. Someday there may be enough men with a stamina to take back the place of dominance that we stole oh my from them. God! we oh thought my we wanted God. it for decades before. We had oh been screaming. God.
9: About oh my women's oh my rights.
39: God. No! <laughs> oh my god! This
29: is
43: horrible.
9: This is, the this, scariest is, story
39: ever <laughs>
40: this is a nightmare. This is horrible. This is horrible. <laughs> this book. This story.
39: Her thin lips twisted in a sneer, and she spat her disgust. Ugh. finally we took what we wanted oh and it turned God. to ashes in our hands we made our men play things oh we made God. them slaves and after that they weren't men anymore but what uh, we stole uh, isn't the sort of thing you can hand back on a silver platter i
40: thought she was shot why is she talking so long I'm throw i don't up. know i'm gonna throw up too i hate this but what, Seriously, I'm nauseous. but <laughs>
39: what we stole isn't the sort of thing you can hand back on a silver platter You men have to get enough courage to take it away from us.
26: Oh, my God!
39: Her grip tightened on his arm. No. There's a fire door at the end of the hall. If you push the emergency button, you'll close it. That will give you a five or ten minute start. I can't help you anymore. They were abreast of Jenny. She seized Jenny's hand and thrust it into his. Beat it, kids. (laughs) What? (laughs) There's a bachelor camp on the North Ridge. (laughs) You can make it. A
9: bachelor camp!
39: And from here on in... What he says goes, the old woman added.
22: Are you kidding me?
5: Don't forget it. One of 2018's fastest growing podcasts, an absolute phenomenon that's just getting started. Please enjoy the following clip from Race Chaser, an episode by episode discussion, dissection and dissemination of RuPaul's Drag Race hosted by the franchise's very own golden child and prodigal son, Alaska Thunderfuck and Willem. And if you live in the Los Angeles area, do not miss Race Chaser's very first live show taking place Friday, January 11th at the theater at the Ace Hotel. Tickets on sale now at RaceChaserTickets.com.
30: Um, now for this challenge, for the first time, there's a live studio audience and a fake band. The band is <laughs> definitely fake, fake because band. you could tell it's the track and then you're like, okay. I love a fake band. Like, nowadays what- they
44: would have the pit crew doing it in their underwear. Oh,
30: for sure. That's With very, no shoes. Like, yeah. It's very, very rocker. Good. No shoes. No shoes. Yeah, for sure.
44: I don't want to see a sock on the go-go boys. uh uh-uh. Go, go, boys. Please keep your socks on. The health department's coming by
30: tonight. (laughs) Matching socks, please, tonight. (laughs) No holes. (laughs) What'd you say? Uh. Uh. (laughs) Um, So the girls, the basic rundown is, I think, from kind of like top to bottom, Jessica surprises and really delivers and is confident. Pandora's voice is kind of, eh, but like she's, you know, doing her like rock moves yeah. Hey, now you're an all-star. Get your game on. Go I play. I think she looked cute. Yeah, she's kind of smash mouth. Like she has the mouth crimpy
44: wizard. hair and like she's giving rocker and she it. She's giving
30: me Lindsay Lohan mall rocker from I, Freaky Friday. Exactly. That hair could have been teased out. She could have had like a couple scabs. But you know, she's clean, concise package. Yes. She demands an ovation as she walks out and peels off one piece of sequin dot fabric. Honey, we've all done it. I've da- never demanded applause. I've I never demanded so applause, stupid.
44: but I've done the sequin dot reveal.
30: I know. I've done shows with you. Ding, <laughs> ding. <laughs> um, anyway, I'm not. No one saw. Uh,
44: no one sees this reveal coming. Mm-hmm. I'm wearing just a sheet dot. of
30: fabric.
34: <laughs> um, no
44: one knows that I'm going to take this off. I know. I'm right? keeping this on for the whole show. Whole show.
30: Mm. <laughs> Uh, I, I think any time that you have to go out for a challenge and you have to get an audience ready that, like, has been sitting, come on, get, you know, clap your hands! It's always, like, a risk, because they could always just uh, cut to the audience giving nooch. Yeah. Also,
44: keep in mind, this audience has to watch how many queens sing the same exact song? Uh, six? Wow. Seven times in a row, which okay it's gonna be hard to get that audience going
30: for sure um sahara actually forgets some of the lyrics um but tati adds her own she gets some chanting t-a-t-i bitch tati turns the party every time she's a
44: great performer
30: raven too raven does really well not surprisingly and she's got a little something that for me is like a a wet cotton ball pulling apart (laughs) there's just a thin strip of panty over a padded ass and to me that's just like
44: I don't know. It just the padded patio ass with a thong over it is a rare thrilling moment. It's a
30: very Inland Empire moment. It, it because the Morgan girls does it do it.
44: The girls do. Morgan does it. Yes. Raven does it. It doesn't to me resemble a real ass enough for it to be like for it to have the impact that a thong is supposed to have.
30: Yeah, I'm not saying put on depends, but put on a light panty, a French cut, a brief. You know it. Yes. It draws attention to the wrong area. It's like, oh okay. That's you know It's it's more for drag
44: queens than it is for like the audience. Sure. Because it 100%. doesn't it doesn't I mean and Raven like keeps turning around like showing her ass off and it's like it's like a like a um like a loaf of bread with like a piece of tape over the 100. middle. It's it doesn't resemble an ass.
30: And, and the seam from the pantyhose is off-center from... okay? I'm the, not going to knock off points for that. A Girl, presentation. I'm not going to knock off points, points for that. Points for the presentation. Anyway, but she fares well. Rue's living because she looks like <laughs> Rue's baby stepdaughter.
44: She has a tattoo of Jinx Monsoon on her forearm as she well. She looks like
30: Terry Nunn. She's selling it. They love it. She has Terry Nunn's hair on, basically. And um, I believe that's an exposed corset. It, ding! Ding! <laughs> One hundred percent. Um Tyra <laughs> do- Exposed Corset
44: I'll <laughs> <laughs> do it every episode season two.
30: Um Tyra is dressed like Beyoncé does rock, basically. That
44: wig has been around the world at this point. It has it has the Morgan stamps. McMichael's All Stars promo wig has been around the world. For
30: sure. And she's giving Beyonce choreography, codography. Um she walks backwards like Beetlejuice at one point and says, <laughs> I'm gonna do this. If you are this is a case of
44: the clothes are are taking over. Mm-hmm. And it, it's especially for rock and roll, it's supposed to be about connection with Visceral. the audience. Visceral in the moment, mm-hmm. free. But she's like, I'm doing this thing with the code and I'm not singing the words where they go at all.
30: Yeah. She was in her own she marched into her own band. And I yeah. was on a on a one person loop in her head. Yeah but she had immunity so she, did. she
44: was vulnerable she uh made
30: mistakes
44: and she learned from she, it probably
30: and she thanks probably it, yeah and she's very thankful for it i bet
44: thank you for your critique <laughs>
5: <laughs> sketch comedy and podcasting are an absolute match made in heaven and that's why we were very excited this year to produce john Milheiser and zed cutzinger's 10-part series radio shorts a collection of comedy sketches for your ears written and performed by over 30 of New York and L.A.'s premier sketch comedians. One of our favorites was Starla Summers, a sketch about an unfortunate cruise ship entertainer written by Jesse Esparza and Cat Pilardi, performed by Cat Pilardi and presented here in its entirety.
10: SS Infinity cruise ship to foreign Ladder I'm your cruise ship singer, Starla Summers, and I've been seen on this deck for nine hours straight. No breaks. <laughs> and my skin is literally burning off my body. This girl is on fire. Yeah. Now, Gloria Glamour, if you're out there, please come and relieve me. <laughs> in the clouds she's burning it down this girl is on fire I'm talking about me I am on fire this is a crowd for help but enough about me does anyone in the audience have any sunscreen blankets hats one hat anybody with a hat oh I'll come to you yeah oh mama's got a brand new hat Everything hurts to the touch. Jesus, can't wear a hat. All right, never mind. That is the most pain. This scalp is on. But well, you get what I'm doing. How are you guys enjoying the cruise? Huh? Now, let's not forget the SS Infinity is your destination cruise ship and ranked in the top five shrimp face in the Western Hemisphere for a cruise ship. Thank you, Time Magazine gonna sit down cause baby I'm feeling dizzy <laughs> ah! how did my asshole get burned oh no, no 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 oh how about a joke here we go if I don't die of an intense sunburn today I will definitely develop a melanoma or at the very least basal cell carcinoma cause skin cancer Friends in my family. Who wants a conga line? Oh, conga! Come on, take it, baby, baby, that conga! You sir, come on up. Yeah, let's start a conga line. Hands right on the shoulders there. Oh, oh, my shoulders, my arms, oh, my eyes, Oh no, no, get the fuck off my face, Get the fuck. Who the fuck? Yeah, and we're back. <laughs> you know what it is? It's like I woke up in the middle of surgery, and I could feel all the pain. Yeah, <laughs> okay, about me. I hear we have a corporate team from you on board today. Can you give me a hey, start? Hey, Starla! Yeah, and we got the Bumpkin family from the back hills of Georgia on deck. Can I get a hey, Starla?
9: Hey, Starla!
10: <laughs> yeah! Now, are there any doctors or nurses on board? Because I'm I'm pretty deep in heat stroke here. I'm smelling burnt toast. Come on, doctor, doctor. Give me the news. I got a bad case of loving you. Come on, a bad case of skin. Peeling right off my body here. Woo! I'm feeling kind of shaky here. I don't know how much time I have here. But more importantly, we have some newlyweds on board today. Yes,
45: we do. We got some newlyweds.
10: Now, welcome to you. Diane, this goes out to you from Richard. Just gonna walk right off the stage here. stage, okay, it's for the way you look at me, oh, it's for the only one, I'm so sad, (laughs) I thought I would be with my family when I died, (laughs) happy marriage,
9: good night
5: She's dead. Next up is Relatively Healthy, Jenny Stoller's podcast about health, sex, wellness, dating, and self care. This year, Janie has conducted some of the most honest and revealing interviews that you will ever hear on a comedy podcast, covering topics such as breast cancer, body acceptance, grief, plastic surgery, polyamory, addiction, heart transplants, mental illness, and menstrual products. Definitely one of the highlights of Relatively Healthy this year was Janie's two part series on abortion, which included this clip with guest Kim Kalish. Uh,
46: when you're trying to defend abortion, you try to make it seem like it's not that big of a deal. Yes. So it doesn't feel scary. <laughs> yes. And that's fair and that's fine. But for me, I got lost in it because all I was hearing from people who are pro-choice is like, it's fine. It doesn't matter. is fine. I don't regret it. And, you know, I'm two years out and that first due date that came through I was a mess over. I had to go take a hike up a mountain with my dog and I just left for the day. And I was like, peace out. I need to go do this. And sometimes I still do the math of how old that kid would be if I had kept, uh, if I had kept it and I, and I, I go through it and I still think about it. And I, I never question my decision, but I always think what if I had made a different decision? So in the, in the battle of abortion, That seems to get really lost, and I just wish – I know there's got to be more women than just me thinking about it, so – and I would think that I'm probably in the majority. It's just that there's such a shame because we all live in the shadows Mm -hmm. that we don't know how to talk about it. Yeah. You know? And we're scared of pissing people off, too, I think, a lot of the time. I mean, there's also –
33: what you're saying is interesting because if there's a pressure to scream – you know, and some people, they're just naturally wired like this or they feel this way. They want to scream about it. They love it. It's the best thing that they ever did. No complicated feelings. But if we also want to talk to people who don't necessarily understand it, sometimes they feel like we're all having different conversations. Like, there's just not... People who are pro-choice and anti-choice sometimes are just not talking about the same thing. Like, they're not talking about the same experience, the same type of right. story. So by... Being able to fill in those blanks with all the stories, as many as possible, actual experiences, I feel like that does a lot of service to, you know, just like undo some of those huge divides.
46: Yeah, I would agree with that. I also think that society at whole, as a whole, but also women, we hold women up to such a high moral standard mm-hmm. that's much higher than men. We, oh, yeah. we can't mess up. And so... And we represent all women, right? One thing you do means everything for everybody, right? So you you tend to get the extremes on both sides, and you just lose nuance. And I don't know one topic or conversation in this world that doesn't have nuance, you know. And and I just I don't know. Yeah, I'm. I don't think I'll ever be the person that's screaming at the top of my lungs that I've had an abortion, but like I'll sit down and talk to anybody who will have it, yeah. you know. And, and I just feel like there's a huge majority in there that. We just don't get talked about all that much.
33: Yeah. And then that just keeps propelling the stigma forward because right. then it's shut out. And then if the one in three, where are their right. voices? So
46: I'm not going to add mine either. Right. Yeah. Well, also take it from a, if you take it from a pro-life stance, if all you see are women screaming about they, how they don't care, but you believe that life begins at conception, I totally understand why you would think they were crazy. You and- think they're screaming how proud they are to kill a baby. Right. Totally. Right. And so you lack the ability to ever have a conversation with them if there isn't a group of people saying, no, hang on, hang on. I do believe I had a baby and I had to make this horrific choice and it was rough, but I had to make this choice and I can't make that choice for you and you can't make that choice for me.
5: There are few podcasts that make better use of sound and atmosphere than the very cool, very trippy Sassy Tarot hosted by Veronica Osorio. Described as an audio journey through the world of the tarot, Veronica provides interactive readings, explains the meaning of the cards and how to interpret them, shares unforgettable stories from her life, and brings on guests for live readings. And all the while, she's accompanied by a live improvised soundtrack courtesy of musician Peter Mark Kendall. Sassy Tarot is a truly unique listening experience. Just listen to this clip featuring Beyond's very own Mike Kelton.
47: My angel experiences have been... uh... I don't know. A lot. I got... I I had a terrible... F- I was going to do this work. I was hired as an actress for this high-level thing. hmm And um, I had a terrible, random, like, out of nowhere fight with the producer.
9: hmm
47: I n- have never fought in my life. I'm so yeah, against conflict. I don't conflict. know you as
3: a contentious person.
47: I don't know myself either. I know that I get upset about it. Conflict makes me very stressed. I will say things frontally mm-hmm. but i don't know how that escalated so and it turned into some mostly it was me in a corner being like f- defending myself and so i felt like a cage animal and that has never happened in my life oh, and i I'm left so sorry very like thank you i i left very like shaky and was like fuck that has never mm. happened like i try to like look back and regret it regret having reacted or uh-huh. said or and i couldn't regret really anything so uh-huh. i was kind of calm that way like i don't think there's one thing that i could have done differently
9: mm-hmm. frankly yeah
47: honestly but i don't even regret it yeah and it not in a bad way like i wish maybe it wouldn't have gone that way but i don't regret it but i couldn't get this like terrible yucky post-fight like doom, you know, like this like darkness in your yeah, Uh in your heart. So I went two days later to get a Reiki session because I wanted to clear that energy. Uh And also I was frankly losing my mind. I felt like they put like energetic like grips on me or something.
3: Yeah, that can happen. It can stick to you for
1: sure.
47: If someone gets to you, if they manage to lower your vibration, your they get you in a bad place emotionally, Uh I've heard it's easier to to get it, to attack you. Uh-huh. Uh, and I have a little story about that. Um, oh, I love. <laughs> two petty, petty, petty stories. Oh, I love.
36: <laughs> I love petty stories. <laughs> I love it too.
47: <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> so, I went to get the Reiki session, and I'm just like laying there, and she's doing her thing. But one of the images that I had that was so heavy, so strong... Before my accident, I prayed to Michael. Mm -hmm. I was like, please, Michael. Because that's my, no, no, my Italian grandpa. That's Mm -hmm. his angel. And like, we just, we all prayed to Michael. Mm -hmm. Not pray to, but ask. Mm -hmm. So, Doreen Virtue is the one who taught me like, when you want help, outside help, Mm -hmm. you need to ask.
3: Yeah, you have to communicate with your masters or whatever.
47: Because free will is. True.
9: Uh
47: So, free will, you're going about your life, and then you're like, I don't know what to do with this, I don't know what to do with this. Instead of using your brain like that, you can just go, anyone who's qualified to help me with this, any idea, any thought, any person, please send it my way, because I Uh need this help. And then... um, You at least are opening your brain Mm -hmm. To receive this solution Versus just like staying in the asking place If
3: you stay in the negativity of it You kind of like tear yourself apart
47: Yeah, because you're not even Actively looking for a solution Mm -hmm. While when you ask, even if you don't believe in angels You're asking, so you're putting your mind Already in Uh in that position It's literally the
3: idea of like asking for help When you need it, Yeah, and people will help you if you ask
47: Yes, so this is like A mental exercise to be like ask the energies available to please come to you and help you. So I do that. With the accident, I I barely, like, I scratch myself, basically, even though it was hard. When the Reiki session was happening, I closed my eyes, blah, 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 and then two huge muscular legs came out from inside of mine, and then they were so, 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 so long that I got lifted from Earth. Like literally saw the earth like becoming smaller. Obsessed molared. with this. <laughs> <And> then,
3: <laughs> so you visualize two like big muscular. I
47: did it. This image, it's like when you when you're between asleep and awake, uh-huh. that a bunch of images just come uh-huh. and they're not, uh huh, yours, but they're not a dream. Uh-huh. That that stage. I'm obsessed. She was doing reiki and I was like having random images and kind of thoughts because I'm still kind of conscious. And then two huge, muscular, super great, big legs grow from inside of mine. But they were like energetic oh legs. They lift me from the earth. And then I look back and there's uh, six feet long wings. Gigantic. Just the... the. I knew it was Michael. And I knew he grew from inside of me. So as to say, like, you're protected from inside out. Mm-hmm. Lifted me from the earth and then walked with his two... It was like milky white with like a blue energy lining or something. Walked me from where I was on earth to a few steps and then he slowly put me down. (gasps) And then I landed in a different place. And then more images came. Like that image went. And then I realized, I was like, oh... I. I woke up, and then I told this girl who was doing Reiki to me, and she was like, oh, that was Michael. And I was like, yeah, that's what I thought. She
3: knew it was Michael? Yeah.
47: She was like, this is Michael. And I was like, okay. Yeah, it was Michael. Oh,
3: my God. This (laughs)
47: story. I know. It's crazy. I don't... I mean...
5: It is a bold move to introduce yourself to the world as the sister podcast of Los Culturistas, but that is exactly what Catherine Cohen and Pat Regan did this year with their podcast, Seek Treatment. And over the course of 20 plus episodes, they have proven themselves more than worthy of that title. In fact, Seek Treatment and Los Culturistas were just named Best Extended Podcast Universe of 2018 by Vulture. Wow, I didn't know that was an award. Each week, Kat and Pat invite on a guest to have a fun, flirty conversation about boys, sex, fucking, dating, and love. And the proof is in the goddamn pudding people please enjoy this clip from the episode sucking a dick is my wedding with guest amy solomon
27: i'm going through a lot of changes right now i really feel like i'm growing right
5: now i think i'm growing
48: right now oh good i think i'm in this place where i'm getting things that i want and i think in like three years i'll have everything i ever wanted mm-hmm. but what i'm scared of is as, as i'm I like know. getting closer to the things i want i'm, I'm, I'm realizing it not i'm fe- i'm seeing it not make me happy and i'm like oh my god this jack i've been chasing for a decade is going to be a um golden calf and i will never be happy.
27: I feel like my life is so perfect right now and everything good is happening. And I need to just enjoy it instead of being anxious all the time. I yeah. do feel like
22: you
46: have to – I don't know. I don't quite know how to do it. But like you performing – I was thinking about it last night with you performing at Joe's Pub. Like a literal thing you dreamed of in high school. I know. Like how do we stop and be like – holy
48: shit even some for me something as simple as like if, when i suck a dick i'm like i used to always <laughs> want to suck a dick
27: absolutely <laughs>
21: destroy the moment
9: <laughs>
48: i was like 23 i would i remember being 23 and like having a dream that i sucked a dick and i was still closeted and i was like i wonder if i ever in my whole life Aww. suck a dick so just, even in something as simple as sucking a dick okay, you
27: should be celebrating
48: the dick sucking, sucking a dick is my joe's pup show <laughs>
41: You're Joe's Pub Show at the Duplex. <laughs> yeah,
48: my, Joe's, my Joe's Pub Show at the Duplex where ticket link is now available. This this podcast will come out the day of... Sucking and dick is- <laughs> and, and Joe's Pub Show is Catherine's Wedding. So by chance the property, second a dick is my wedding. <laughs> sucking, me, second a dick is Catherine's wedding. Wait,
27: I'm obsessed with the transitive property and Joe's Pub is my wedding.
48: <laughs> now listen. <laughs>
5: The second podcast in this episode, hosted by Lindsay Katai and Kelly Nugent, is the absolutely beloved Teen Creeps, a weekly book club of YA pulp fiction from the 80s and 90s, which joined Forever Dog at the beginning of 2018 and proceeded to rip through an incredible run of episodes, tackling titles such as Stine's The Prom Queen, Christopher Pike's Starlight Crystal, and L.J. Smith's Daughters of Darkness. Named one of the 25 best podcasts of 2018 by Cosmopolitan, Teen Creeps is, quote, the book club you wish you had when you were young. Except it's even better that you're discovering it now because you'll get more of the jokes. And beyond the books, one of the most compelling parts of Teen Creeps is the seemingly endless amount of awkward, hilarious, and exquisitely relatable coming-of-age stories that Lindsay and Kelly share, including the following clip from the episode on Stein's Cheerleaders, The Third Evil, in which Kelly introduces us for the first but not the last time to her very, very unforgettable aunt.
40: So I have an Aunt Uh uh-oh, who, (laughs) nervous about where this is going, makes everybody do things for her. And, like, she's just very, she's very strange. Like, when she's talking to you, she'll get out this little notebook and, like, take notes on what you're saying.
39: (laughs) Whoa. Yeah,
40: she's intense. And she's also a person that will, like, um, she just, like, likes being pampered and, like, massaged and, like, that kind of thing, but like by people she knows. <laughs> oh my God, what? Yeah, it's pretty weird. Like, and she'll always like, um, like she said to my mom, they are the same age. She goes, "Twee, do you want, and this is how she talks too. Oh my God. Do you want me to braid your hair? And my mom was like, what? <laughs> and she's like, I just love the feeling of when people play with my hair and you have such beautiful hair. Do you mind if I play with it? Oh, (laughs) God. But she will do things like that. Like, she watch an ASMR video, lady, (laughs) get the fuck out of my face. (laughs) She will, like, I remember when she used to stay at my grandparents' house. There's like a guest bedroom and a guest bathroom. She would go into my grandparents', and both had bathtubs, go into my grandparents' master bathroom, take bubble baths. Leave the tub completely full of bubbles, <laughs> bubbles all over the floor, and then just take all of their towels, use every single one of their oh, towels, what? and then put them wherever she would, like, end up going. Then when she she'd put all the towels, like, on the kitchen table or whatever, wherever she was, like, done with her towels. And my grandma was like, oh, when you're going upstairs, could you bring the towels up and put them in the hamper? And she was like, oh. A wet towel is too heavy for me to hold. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. <laughs> but, but you were holding, holding my towel. I know, That's how it's, it got wet. No, it's so... Are you insane? There was so much Holy shit. Yeah. I love this woman. Yeah. She was like... I, I remember... What was oh. her name? Oh, I don't know if I want to say it
31: not as good as i was
29: hoping no
40: no let's call her what annabella name? annabella <laughs> um she uh also no, i remember no, no. no. i new name sorry no souffle souffle very good <laughs> souffle entree souffle entree <laughs> can uh, you can you just go hello i'm souffle entree and then say the thing about braiding hair again okay oh no I'll, I'll do an actual line that she oh, okay. has said oh, at, the, at the beach good Hello, I'm Soufflé Entree. Can you put suntan lotion in between my toes Oh my god, shut the fuck up! (laughs) No! And then her husband did it. No! And we were all like, ugh! (laughs) (laughs) Soufflé Entree, you are too much! Um, oh, oh, so this is when my dad's driving. Oh, Mark, can you (laughs) please slow down when you go over the speed bumps? I... I oh don't leave before I place my seatbelt on. <laughs> this woman has also gone whitewater rafting, so it's like uh, she I also has like a thousand ailments. About she's this a thousand story. ailments. She like uh, it's like mm, I need my tinctures. Okay, here's 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 an example of something that happened. Okay, where my grandma's like on her deathbed, she's dying, dying, dying. Everybody. <laughs> Everybody's in town. We're all waiting. What in, a way to intro. We're we're all waiting in the uh, in the waiting room. Uh, me and my cousins, who are all fairly normal, are all sitting here, just feeling you know a little bit sad, but also kind of punchy and weird. My aunt, first of all, she she was like, "I have to go to the bathroom," and I had to go also. So like, I went to the bathroom, and then she was like, "Oh, it is so nice of you to come with me into the bathroom," and I was like. I'm just I'm just going to the bath. Uh, then so she comes back, we're all sitting. She opens up her she brought a cooler to the ho- hospital, gets out a Costco sized thing of applesauce. Oh my god. <laughs> like slowly and daintily like unscrews the top, gets out her spoon. No. Eats one spoon. No. The- no! <laughs> Was it like one of those
29: tiny spoons that you use to feed a baby it that was, has like oh, the rubber the rubbery, end on it? No,
40: but it was a to-go plastic smallish spoon that's like you would throw away. But she had it. She used that. That and me and my cousins were like oh, God, what is such a
31: weird fucking
40: detail. And then she and then she like put it, put it away. And then she got out her zippy bag of apple slices, ate one apple slice, closed it, and then put it away. She she took a single bite <laughs> of applesauce and then ate a single a slice single of slice apple. apple. <laughs> or she'll also bring. Um, Her full name is Soufflé Apple Entree. Su- <laughs> Soufflé Apple Entree. <laughs>
9: <laughs> Soufflé Apple Entree. Uh, Soufflé Apple Entree.
5: One thing that we here at Forever Dog will always remember about 2018 was getting the privilege to reboot Ben Acker and Ben Blacker's legendary podcast, The Thrilling Adventure Hour. Renamed The Thrilling Adventure Hour Treasury, we've released three episodes so far with many more on the way, featuring the triumphant return of classic segments such as Sparks Nevada, Marshall on Mars, Beyond Belief, and The Crosstime Adventures of Colonel TikTok, as well as new tales, new writers, new guest stars, and a bold new sound. All Treasury episodes are recorded in studio with expansive sound design and new musical themes and arrangements. You can expect one new episode from the Treasury every month in 2019, as well as a previously unreleased live recording from the Thrilling Adventure. Adventure Hour Vault, and if you want more of the thrilling Adventure Hour, you can access the entire back catalog, complete libraries of classic segments, and bonus content on Patreon at patreon.com/thrillingadventurehour. But in the meantime, please enjoy this holiday-themed rendition of Beyond Belief, featuring Paul F. Tompkins, Padgett Brewster, Rob Benedict, and Hal Lublin.
49: Time to send the little ones to dreamland And set your radio's dial To spooky Bolt the doors, lock your windows And steal yourself a mysterious suspense In this evening's Final feature Beyond Belief Meet Frank and Sadie Doyle The toast of the upper crust Headliners on the society pages And oh yes They see ghosts Who cares what evil lurks In the hearts of men
26: Unless Evil's carrying the martini tray, darling.
49: Join the Doyles in tonight's dark episode. If these walls could talk, our story begins in a penthouse apartment of the famed Plaza Hotel, where Frank and Sadie Doyle are about to taste the unknown.
26: Eggnog!
49: Eggnog. Here
6: goes.
26: Oh my. This tastes like the punchline of a joke in which a cow is walked into a bar. I care for neither the joke nor the drink.
6: As you suspected, the recipe was clearly incorrect. How much
26: bourbon do you think would be sufficient to nog an egg? All of it, I imagine. If not more, I can still taste it.
6: Take this, darling. The most astringent martini I know how to make. For emergencies only.
26: You had it ready, didn't you? Any time an
6: uncertain mixer is involved, my Boy Scout training kicks in.
26: I do so love a man in uniform.
6: That did the trick. Shall we investigate the rest of this gift basket from the vicars?
26: No reason to punish the other gifts.
6: What else have we got in here? Those small brown man cookies, their red and white walking sticks, chestnuts, which are basically poison. Speaking of which, freshen your drink?
26: Hmm. Look, Frank, a present. Shall I undress it?
6: Only if you wish for me to be jealous of it.
26: I do. <laughs> Oh, this is truly quite something, Frank. Exquisite. Priceless. Well, it's us. This photo of us from the Vicar's Gala. The night I drank Mr. Vickers under the table. I remember that table. It held its liquor far better than the host. That must be why I remember it so fondly. And look at this picture's handsome frame. On the back, he's written, to the most winsome couple in Manhattan, Merry Christmas. Christmas! Is that still happening? Oh, Frank, we didn't get Mr. Vickers anything, and he got us us.
6: Well, let us think of something to get him. He's got everything he could ever want, save a stronger tolerance. How about you fix us another couple of rounds to think by, and I'll hang this picture on that wall.
26: So rugged.
6: Aren't I? Now, where is that instrument used to hang things? A hammer? Yes. And that which is hammed?
26: A nail? Here you are, my rugged darling.
6: All right. Just like dispatching a small vampire, you line up the stake, in this case a nail, and... <coughs> Ow! Ah! <coughs> Who just screamed? You did! And who before that? I did. It was me. Your wall.
50: These walls can talk? Just this one. Just me. The west wall.
26: You're my favorite wall. Papered as you are, with a tanned, prickled texture.
50: Thank you. That's my skin. Or was. It is. The skin still is. It's just I that was. I suppose I kind of am.
26: So what precisely are you? And what exactly were you? I'm this,
50: now. But I was a man. A hundred percent human.
26: A human man? The Plaza a man said it was ostrich.
50: Nope. All me. Definitely me. I remember because it really hurt to get flayed alive. Never get flayed alive, I always say. Not if you can avoid it. Oh, please. Mr. Doyle, you could handle getting flayed any day of the week. You've been through so much. Ghosts, vampires. Hey, remember when all those genies came over? Vaguely. Oh, you must remember. You you were right over there, and you were all out of drinks. That seems both likely and unlikely. You found a bottle, but instead of booze... Hold it
26: right there. I will not tolerate a flashback episode. I forbid it.
6: Oh, we came right up to it, didn't we?
50: Sorry. I know I shouldn't have said anything in the first place. But in my defense, I was hammered. Our most frequently
6: used defense. And I suppose I must apologize for taking a tool to you. Sorry, old chap. My name is... was... is... Walton. Which is a
50: coincidence, I admit. Wally the Wall. Like when guys named Taylor can really thread a needle, know what I'm saying? Not really. You mean to tell me you've been watching, listening, spying this whole time? Would you have preferred I made my presence known?
6: I think I might have.
26: I know I would have. Voyeurs by invitation only. Yeah, I
50: meant to, but I guess I never found my moment. But now's as good a time as any, right? Not like you've got another oddity knocking on that door today.
26: Right. Well, I require more drink. Frank, will you help me mix a martini by the, uh, East Wall? Certainly, darling. Frank, I'm not sure I like the non-consensual presence of this sentient surface.
6: I couldn't agree more, love. What's next, a garrulous floor? No, thank you.
26: We must find a way to move him off. Are you guys talking about me?
50: No. No. Yeah, you are. Are you talking about exorcising me from this wall? Why would you ever think this? I know you. That's what you do.
6: As it turns out, we've decided to exorcise you from our wall.
26: But where will I go? Come again? The spirits you exercise, do you know what happens to them? it depends on them.
6: Walton, unless we're upset, we tend to send them where they think they should go based on their circumstances and perspective. So they could end up someplace terrible, like a a swimming pool filled with
26: wigs and mustard. Only if that is their rather specific fear. It is. And they believe that's what they deserve. I do. Then, yes.
6: Do you drink? You sound like you could use a drink. Ah, Back when I was a guy
50: with hands, I never had friends like you. Now the Frank Doyle is asking me to dance. Drink. To drink. And all I can do is stand here like some kind of... Some kind of, uh... I'm sure there's a word for it.
26: Now don't get too down. It was a good run. You've been part of our adventures all along, Walton. We just didn't know it.
50: Yeah. It's been fun.
26: Are you? It's been real
50: fun. God, it's been so much fun. uh, Please don't cry. I'm sorry. I've made it awkward now.
6: Only now? Just now you've made it awkward? To be awkward is
50: to be aware.
6: Descartes.
50: You're sure you don't want a drink? I don't have any kind of digestive tract, but if you wouldn't mind not exercising me, I won't make a peep again. It'd be like I'm not even here.
6: As if I could forget.
26: Perhaps Sadie has the solution. You are the wallpaper, not the wall itself.
50: Yes, I'm more of a skin condition than anything else, really.
26: Shall we peel you off the wall, then?
50: And do
6: what with me?
26: Deliver you somewhere nice.
6: Do you fancy Bermuda this time of year? They've got plenty of walls there on which to live out the rest of your bizarre consciousness. That's the thing. I'm not sure I want to be a wall anymore. Well, then what would you care to be?
50: I'm basically leather. Instead of watching you, always watching you, I could be wrapped around you, Mrs. Doyle, holding you.
6: No. I do not like the sound of any of that.
26: Nor do I.
6: Me neither.
26: Neither what you said, nor how you said it.
6: No. But you know who would love a -a one-of-a-kind coat for Christmas? Mr. Vickers, to whom we owe a gift. Wonderful. May we dispatch two
50: birds with you, Walter? Uh, Frankly, I don't know if I want some strange man to wear me.
6: Well, Vickers isn't strange. He merely traverses the globe in a boring old copper zeppelin filled with trunks and trunks of dull old money and everyday flammable gas. What's strange about that?
26: Luxuriously on the edge.
6: He calls himself the thrillionaire, which is either ridiculous or admirable. Honestly, I go back and forth. I don't know. Listen, you can be a coat or remain a wall, but you can't stay here. Fine. Mr. Vickers, coat it is.
26: Here we go. I'll just reach up and peel you at this corner, Walton. Oh, my God, that is painful! Oh, dear. Maybe all in one go, like pulling off a Band-Aid, but in a scenario in which it hurts only the Band-Aid.
50: Just do it. Just do it. Don't talk about it. Just do it. Just just, just, just do it.
26: Oh, Jesus! Mary Joseph's goat butt! Well, what we need is a little lubrication.
6: What is that? A gimlet for your glue. Whoa.
50: Who said I couldn't drink? Me? Wrong. I was wrong. I
6: apologize.
26: Walton's feeling quite nicely now, wouldn't you say, Frank? I would describe
6: Walton as supple. This is honestly a dream come true.
26: Hmm. Uh, what is this on your skin, Walton? Some kind of marking? <laughs> he found my tattoo.
50: A tattoo? Were you a sailor? No, I was a member of a secret society. I should never have joined a secret society. I just knew I'd end up a wall. I
6: always do. You know.
26: Frank, we've seen that tattoo before.
6: I think I'd remember.
26: Turn it upside down. Ooh! Oh,
6: this is from the Triangle Club. They tried to recruit me about ten years back.
26: Frank, isn't that when the plazas said an outside contractor had gifted us the ostrich wallpaper?
6: And the wallpaper arrived after we concluded that the Triangle Club was nothing but a men's group for warlocks.
26: Indeed. Didn't we put a stop to their entire chapter? You eradicated the Isosceles'
50: cauldron?
6: No, 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 no. We helped them
50: eradicate themselves. Oh, you did. The club felt like a very wronged triangle, Mr. Doyle, determined to make it a right.
26: Are you saying they flayed you because of our actions, Walton?
50: Oh, no, I got flayed way before that, for infidelity. And not even mine. You know Pythagorean? Warlock? Yeah, his wife is whose infidelity it was.
26: Well, why would they ever save you for us?
50: Oh, well, my punishment was to be a punishment. I... Honestly, I'm supposed to drain your souls. I'm what's called a, um... Oh, man, I can never remember. But it's bad. It's a word that means a patch of cursed skin that drains out souls. Um, God, yeah, I, I don't remember. You guys know? No. Wally, have you been draining our souls? Please be honest. I would never. No, I mean... I was supposed to. I was gonna. But then I couldn't do it because I loved you guys right away.
26: We are touched, Walton. But if we send you as a coat to Mr. Vickers, are you going to drain his soul?
50: If he's not as charming as you, maybe.
26: I suppose we can't send him to Mr. Vickers then, can we, Frank?
6: No, Vickers is more eccentric than charming. That wouldn't do. Shall we send you to that warlock who flayed you and then tried to destroy us? Is he still kicking? Oh, Pythagorean... Yeah, let me see. Mm. What are you seeing exactly?
50: I'm expanding my consciousness outward. All, um, whatever I'm called can do this. Mm. Ah, yep. Got him. He's alive, barely. He and his wife are in a nursing home in Queens.
6: Would you enjoy to take his soul before it slips out of him? Oh, boy, would I? It would be nice to see Angela again. Then we shall visit a nursing home. A nursing home in Queens. you do that for me? It's Christmas, apparently.
26: And you're like family. Family, we do not want to stay with us, which is just exactly who you deliver to a nursing home.
6: In Queens.
26: Then it seems like we've got this Triangle Club situation squared away.
6: I'll roll you right up now, Walton.
26: Oh, Frank, with Walton off to Queens, we're without a gift for the thrillionaire.
6: What do you get for the
26: man who has everything? Oh! You have it? I believe I have. For the man who has everything, you get him the one thing he doesn't have. Nothing? Nothing.
6: It's perfect.
26: Just like your eyes, my love.
6: My eyes? Have you seen your nose? You want to talk about perfection, look in a mirror. Your nose, your ears, your lips.
26: Your lips.
6: What about them?
26: Put them right here.
6: But darling, I'd get them all over your lips.
26: Yes, you would, wouldn't? you? Yes.
6: Oh, but they're perfect.
26: Hey guys, they can take it. Guys, you're mm-hmm. on me.
50: Mm-hmm. Guy, uh, g- guy, uh, hey guys, could you move me to the east side of the room? I always mm-hmm. kind of want to see what it's like over there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, oh god. Uh, if I, uh, if I could, uh, don't want to interrupt. But uh, mm-hmm. guys. <laughs>
49: And so, Frank and Sadie find themselves walking tall in the face of a talking war. Revenge is a dish best left unserved to those married mediums, lest they find out about it, get it drunk, and send it back one-fold. Join the Doyles next time when they once again walk beyond belief in a horrifying Hanukkah episode titled The Lady of the Latkes, colon, deedle diedle diedle doom This next
5: clip comes from a new podcast that premiered appropriately the day after the midterm elections this year. It's called This Is What Democracy Pods Like, and it's hosted by comedians and progressive firebrands Billy Domino, Oscar Montoya, and Kate Friedman. Each week, Billy, Oscar, and Kate trade hot takes on the week in politics, take the temperature of the resistance, and interview unforgettable guests like Young Al Gore, Death Obsessed Dan Rather, Sexy Wyoming politician Ross Dennison and the head of non-practicing lesbians for Ted Cruz, Cheyenne Dykes. In the following clip, Billy and Kate read selections from their post-midterms congressional erotic fan fiction. Enjoy.
51: We've got that Democratic House coming up in January. Uh, that will be sworn in, and Pelosi's likely going to take back that gavel. We'll see Marsha Fudge coming for it. Who knows? But – We've been waiting for this for – not even just two years since Trump was elected. We've been waiting for this for eight years now, since right. 2010. That's right. And we've had some ideas in mind of what might happen when that house is taken back. Absolutely. Ideas that excite us. Yeah. Ideas that make us whisper. Hmm. Ideas that make us scream. But uh, Kate and I have written up some stuff. Oscar didn't because Oscar uh, yeah. was busy last night. Uh, do What? When were you busy with Oscar. He has no answer for that. He's just touching his coffee as so if it's going to save him somehow. Uh, it's not. Kate, do you want to read uh, your little story? Show us what's in your brain, what you're hoping for we get politically out of this house.
52: Thank you for the invitation, Billy. I'm mm-hmm. really excited to <clears throat> have an outlet for my excitement about the house and my own sexual energy.
9: Mm-hmm.
52: <clears throat> the air was heavily perfumed by fresh, glistening sampler baskets. Abby was so excited she could barely take a bite as Nancy Pelosi kept talking to her on and on and on. No one told me Congress was going to be this fun, Abby said, as she took an ill-informed drag, shooting her straight to the moon. I'm with all that, Nance, but I'm going to be all up in that probe, giving my best O face. O, 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 Adam Schiff said, as a few people laughed. Not my best. Sorry, guys, Adam said as he asked for the bill. Adam? 1992 might have been year of the woman, but this is 2018 and it's year of the woman telling you to shut the fuck up, Nancy said, as all the ladies laughed together in a glorious way. Abby couldn't believe the night was all already over. Or was it? All of a sudden it was February and the House was in full swing. New and extremely strict gun background checks were in play and community policing totally took a turn for the best and across the country was totally responsible behind uh, the peaceful burnings of excess guns around the country. Maroon 5 had even played at a recent gun burning event in Austin and it was dope as fuck. Everything was coming up Democrat. As they were about to break for lunch, Nancy Pelosi let everyone know that Trump was stepping down as president president because Greg Pence got a message from God that it was the right thing to do. The White House was about to instill the House of Reps as one really big new president. Hear, hear, everyone shouted. Abby squealed in delight. She couldn't believe that she was part of an even bigger moment in history that happened in record time. Just as she was about to call her dad and tell him the good news, she felt another naked, unsocked foot fall upon hers. When she looked up, she was shocked at who was on the other end of the leg grazing hers
51: oh my gosh oh yeah that's my. that sounds like a walk around the block after that one
52: <laughs> thank you for letting me get some of those thoughts and feelings Woo! out
51: i mean everyone knows that the key to erotica uh is specifics and mm-hmm. chilies alexandria hampton inn
32: maroon five
51: Oh, uh, these are okay. all things that uh that make that make parts of my body shout. Mm-hmm. That's
52: so nice. Thank you. It's so nice to have like a warm reception to something that like you write and it's such a piece of you and it's so vulnerable and like, you know, you're questioning like, did I put too many time jumps in there? Is it making sense? Like, and it's just, it just feels really nice, guys. Thank you.
51: We are not about kink shaming. We are about kink celebration. That's no right. matter the kink, no matter if it's dangerous to others, uh, you know, you need to do what you need to do in order to express yourself in your body.
3: Wow, Kate. Well, thank you so much for sharing this work of art <laughs> um billy um yes, let's hear yours please yeah. i'll
51: admit mine doesn't have as many time jumps mine takes place in sort of more in real time but uh well, that's interesting in its own way that's really maybe interesting. that's oh, interesting. equally erotic after a grueling eight weeks of auditions and experimental workshopping where several congresspeople lost their lives due to trust falls today everyone will learn the committee appointments quickly the shouts start to rise above the din As excitement fills the room with sexy feelings, Mitch tepidly walks towards the corkboard. What committee will he be on? Energy and commerce? Yearbook? Everyone sees Mitch walking close, his neck glistening in the indoor breeze. The crowd parts and a hush falls over. A hush like that time Mr. Boehner cried during the Earth Day assembly. No one wants to be near Mitch when he finds out the news. Mitch scrolls the list with his sexy, hot finger. Commerce? No. Veterans Affairs? No. Pep Squad and Agriculture? Not even that one. Mitch is sad. A tear starts to trickle down his cheek as Ted Lou, and Elijah Cummings make out by the junior lockers. Get a room, shouts Jody Ernst through her headgear covered in 4-H stickers. Adam and Elijah do not get a room. They just keep sucking neck, their lips glistening in the indoor breeze. Mitch is about to give up and go home, thinking this new Congress is one he won't be a part of. He'll just have to go home and kill himself like he always does. But just then, he sees one tiny list at the very bottom of the corkboard. It has his name on it, but it's the only name?
2: Oh my god, more. Give us more, Billy. That was far Uh. too
52: short. Holy crap.
51: If you want more, go to your local library and write this there on a public computer is it a published work that you i don't know what do you call wordpress is is wordpress (laughs) publishing or not i don't know
2: i'm never really i'm i'm fully steamed up i really am
51: is it legally published i don't know is this in the library of congress yes but i don't know (laughs) what i don't know what weight you want to give that
5: guess what forever dog has a baseball podcast and it's about more than baseball and it's really really good. It's called Three Swings, and on each episode, long-suffering baseball fan Rhea Butcher reinvents America's pastime with radically sensible thoughts on baseball, history, culture, gender, race, politics, and more. John Lingan over at Deadspin hit the nail on the head when he described Three Swings like this. For Butcher, as for everyone else that cares about the game, baseball is an escape, a beautifully pointless hobby that nevertheless connects us to our friends, family, city, and youth but three swings is a baseball show for an anxious age. One where everything feels connected and ambiently doomed as such. It has become a journey of a host's self-reflection and self-reinvention. The ragged optimism of that evolution is always visible. Well put. Couldn't agree more. Please enjoy the following clip from three
42: swings. We've got a big trade, which is Daniel Murphy to the Cubs. Uh, Daniel Murphy's outspoken homophobia began when he was with the Mets in 2015, Billy Bean, former MLB player and current inclusion ambassador, was visiting the Mets in spring training to share his experiences as a closeted professional athlete and to discuss strategies to the MLB to become more inclusive and accepting of gay athletes, executives, and fans. Um, And just to put a pin in this there, uh, Billy Bean has since said that he retired from baseball because he did not feel he could come out and continue to play baseball. And he needed to come out. Um, so I think that's an important thing to keep in mind when discussing Billy Bean. Um, I think it's always important to keep a timeline of these things, regardless of what it is, um, in mind, which you could also consider to be context, that he retired early from uh, not just the sport that he loved and something he was, uh, you know, uh, blessed, I guess, to, to be able to do. Um, he also had to retire from work quit his job, essentially, so that he could be his true self. And I don't think we think about that uh, often. You know, we think about, we we look at, you know, the internet and everybody's so pro-LGBTQ plus IA, like, everybody's so pro-everything and everybody thinks everything's fine now. But, like, you got to think about these things (laughs) where, yeah, he's all over the place and they made this position for him, but he that's because he had to retire so that he could be who he is. And that's a big deal. You know, that's kind of a big problem. And, um, you know, I'm more concerned about that, that people don't have to quit their jobs or be fired from their jobs than I am about, you know, whether or not a team sells a rainbow flag shirt in their pro shop. You know, it's one thing is making money and then the other thing is preventing a human being from doing a job. You know, so I think that, Both things are important, but one might be a little bit more important for me. Um, So, in response to Billy Bean's visit, Murphy first called the idea forward thinking before proceeding to say that because of his Christian beliefs, he disagreed with Bean's lifestyle. The full quote is this. I do disagree with the fact that Billy is a homosexual. Something very specific about Christians using the word homosexual, but whatever. Anyway, that doesn't mean I can't still invest in him and get to know him. I don't think the fact that someone is a homosexual should completely shut the door on investing in them in a relational aspect. I would say you can still accept them, but I do disagree with the lifestyle 100%, maybe, as a Christian. Oh, sorry. New sentence. 100%. Maybe, as a Christian, we haven't been articulate enough in describing what our actual stance is on homosexuality. We love the people. We disagree with the lifestyle. That's the way I would describe it for me. It's the same way that there are aspects of my life that I'm trying to surrender to Christ. That's a great deal of many things, like my pride, which I think is such an interesting choice of words, and I'll get back to that I just think that as a believer, trying to articulate it in a way that says just because I disagree with the lifestyle doesn't mean I'm not going to speak to Billy Bean every time he walks through the door. That's not love. That's not love at all. Now, I have to admit that in 2015, when this happened, I had just started getting back into baseball in 2014. 20- 2013, 2014. 2015 was the first World Series that I watched since probably 2006. Um, Because I really was uh, out of sports for a long time. Men's professional sports for a long time. And I found out about this stuff mostly via, like, TV clips and then maybe the internet. But I don't really know. It was a combination. And I didn't read the whole quote. And I didn't hear the whole quote. And I'll be honest. I just kind of saw homophobic baseball player and went fuck that guy and that's on me number one i have in the past like i don't know year of this year really tried to slow down and not just like i'm gonna say retweet but i I, it's a metaphor for everything which is everything has turned into such like clickbait where it's boiled down to this essential nature that is an attempt to get your attention and also inspire either rage, panic, or happiness. And so I have tried really hard to, if there is something that I see and it inspires any of those things in me, and it is on a website that is a real thing, I try to take a moment to read it and see if that's what they're actually saying, you know? Because I've seen so many news headlines or tweet headlines that literally do not line up with what the actual article is saying. And it's it's so uh, disparaging and so frustrating and so toxic for everything that um, you really owe it to literally yourself to pay more full attention to the things that you want to comment on. You know, like... I I both bristle and completely agree with the idea that there is outrage culture, because I think that for a lot of people, outrage has become the new PC culture, and like all of these things are like a toss-away, just a way of diminishing someone saying, hey, stop treating us badly. (laughs) But at the same time, there is also... People who just jump on board with a thing and act like it's the craziest, worst thing that's ever happened. Let's all burn everything down. And so there's got to be a middle ground here of going, wait a minute, what is this actually about? What is this person actually trying to say? And so I'm actually grateful to the fact that this guy was traded somewhere, that we're all going back and looking at this again. Because I think that there's a lot here. Because I haven't even gotten to the fan reaction to the fact that Daniel Murphy is playing in Chicago. Um, just to go back to his quote, I I, I actually um, I actually think that what he is trying to get at, while I f- disagree, <laughs> because I don't think you can disagree with a human being's existence because he is able to as a non-LGBTQ person. And as a, his type of Christian person with his belief system is able to see his lifestyle as a norm or an acceptable one or following Christ or whatever, or neutral. He is in the sort of neutral position to be able to say, you know, essentially hate the sin, not the sinner. And it's a sort of evolved position from hate the sin, not the sinner to say, I disagree with your lifestyle. But that doesn't mean I'm not going to engage with you as a human being. And the reason I'm even saying this, and I hope that all of you who f- probably disagree with me right now understand that I am a 36-year-old queer person who has lived their life as a gender non-conforming uh, person and also a butch lesbian and also all of the things that I've been in my life. I have not been accepted. I have been treated like shit simply for the way I exist on this planet. So please keep that in mind when I say all this stuff. I am somebody that has, I don't like Daniel Murphy as a player. I don't even like his, I don't like his style of play. But I have to be very honest about the way this guy is talking. That I actually think that someone speaking this way about that is someone that you could have a conversation with and say, I get what you're saying, but this is why I think it's wrong. Can we have a conversation about this? Do you realize that as a human being, you cannot separate my existence from my humanness? And the fact that I am queer is not a lifestyle. It is an existence. It is not something that I put on because I feel like it.
5: Moving now from the baseball diamond to the farthest reaches of outer space, we arrive at Treks in the City. An episode by episode recap of Star Trek The Next Generation hosted by Alice Wetterlin and Veronica Osorio that features the absolute best in feminist sci-fi comedy plus soundboard sound effects, original songs and amazing guests like Paul F. Tompkins, Amanda Seals, John Lovett, Ira Madison III, Jolkin Booster and many, many more. For Star Trek diehards and novices alike, Trex in the City has an absolute treasure chest of a back catalog. So subscribe and get caught up now before Alice and Veronica jump into season four in 2019. And in the meantime, enjoy this clip of Alice, Veronica, and guest Whitmer Thomas singing an improvised pop punk song about the android data and his android offspring lol from season three, episode 16, The Offspring.
47: I'll, I have something queued up. Oh, yeah. There you go.
5: What am I singing about?
47: Saying goodbye to Law.
11: Okay. Law was a really nice little robot. (laughs) She felt a little too much. She liked her daddy and she liked his touch. She had emotion. She knew about paintings. She would spit a drink on her shirt. And one day, she got too smart. (laughs) And her little heart was torn apart, <laughs> so she had to be repaired, but no matter how fast Dada Daddy's hands could move, she had to die, because they couldn't improve her, oh Dada Daddy, Dada Daddy could have given her a deep
9: demean.
43: Dada daddy. Dada daddy. Dada daddy, daddy. Daddy, daddy, daddy
38: could have given her a deep dicking. <laughs> Long past <high. laughs> a big fuckable ass. Okay. <laughs> oh my god.
47: Wow. What a delight. That's a best, I wish you would just record an album talking about. <laughs> well, we are going to record an album, so maybe we can. <laughs> da da daddy. We're going to have that song be on <laughs> it. Be on it. I'll always do like um, uh, little choruses if you need me. Right, thanks, tell. y'all are really—you'll be there. Thank you.
5: The unofficial expert with Sydney Washington and Marie Fauston is a podcast that we have always listened to with absolute awe at how funny it is, how fast it is. And so, when Sydney and Marie brought the unofficial expert to Forever Dog this year, we were ecstatic. Each episode, Sydney and Marie invite on a guest who claims to be an expert in a very specific field. Flirting, porn, daddy issues, online dating, cookouts, stalking, sex toys, runaway brides. And they interview the guest to test their expertise, deciding by the end of the episode whether or not to crown them an unofficial expert. Please enjoy the following clip from the episode Sex Date Expert with guest Molly Austin.
21: So I showed up to the date and, well, first of all. Wow. Threesomes are a uh, weird group of people to break into. I mm. will say as uh, because like well, a- I just want to
22: let you know, people who are openly looking for threesomes are fucking weird like (laughs) any threesome i've had it just fucking happened any threesome you've had (laughs) how many threesomes have you had since Uh, i just no you you, give us a number i need a
21: hard number yes like hard like her spine Uh, brace i need like a one two three four give
22: me it. am i in the teens where am i with this no bitch it's less than it's less than five so four (laughs) so no so five <laughs> she's had at least five whatever oh this is about you this ain't about me but let's talk about your threesome. i didn't know you had five threesomes uh, isn't that crazy that she's had six threesomes <laughs> i mean seven is the lucky she, number eight threesomes is crazy dude i can't believe you had that many let the listeners think whatever they want to y'all know damn well i haven't what been are you me. doing with your boobs right now i'm just massaging she's missing my the threesome because <laughs> it, it was more hands on her boobs before <laughs> i feel like i'm at the gyno with you <laughs> wait what i'm not touching myself just, Like yeah. checking for lumps i don't i don't check anyway go ahead yes Mm. you gotta check i know but i feel like they look smooth Mm. you know that's true you're a fool anyway so (laughs) you're you meet up with these people so weird so
21: i meet up with these people and did you have a preference you wanted i mean i guess it was gonna be a girl and a guy well no i was open no i was like open to discussing all options guy and guy i'm like
14: Ooh. That's that's, a porno.
21: Feels... I don't know. Something about two dicks feels very violent to me. Yeah. Like Like swords. Like swords. Right? Like pew,
9: pew, 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 pew. And
21: like you get a cut somewhere, right? But I'm like also like not shut down to the idea. But I'm also not like...
22: Molly, you would take two dicks? That's At what I mean. At the same time. I feel like I'm, I'm not judging you, but I'm judging you. Sounds like you're you. judging sis. Yeah. <laughs> I
21: think it would have to be like a very, I don't know. I just like, I don't, I don't think I could handle two dicks. I had a friend who, I had a friend to who two took dicks. two dicks. You think you could handle two dicks? No, I feel
22: like you could handle two dicks as well. Why do you said. feel like I wipe? What about me?
42: Molly. <laughs> <laughs> like, you you would have like, two
22: dicks? You'd have one like getting snacks set up and then you would bang one and then like he would rest and then you would eat. You know, li- little little break, then yeah. bang the other one. Well, Molly, one. you got a new back, so you definitely could take two dicks. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> I do have a new back. Maybe not two big dicks, but like a like a medium sized dick, and then like a.
21: I'm not fucking around <laughs> with two dicks for oh, for. For below
22: average dick. Mm. I mean, I feel like people who have threesomes don't have great dicks. I, honestly, In my mind, I'm I am want to say, yeah, you're no, right. right. That's why they need as, help as a threesome expert. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna tell you, no. <laughs> you're Sending a monster. Her nine threesomes. Yeah. Anyway,
21: so. so I get there. I get there. He's there already. And what he looked like? I mean. Mm. Talk like, about it, like Clark Kent, really? like six three, real broad, Ooh. real like tall, dark, and handsome. Mm-hmm. Just like a knight, like a, like a retired Chippendale. He's
27: like okay. fucking
21: buff, and mm-hmm. he's like hot. You are
27: but, painting
45: the photo here. Yes. I
21: mean, this man is just like his hands, like fit across my entire back. Like he's huge. Wow, he's a huge, like a giant, beautiful man. Who like? Yeah, he's like a giant, and I'm just like, like right, like.
22: (laughs) 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 So you're a a dork. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, but if if he's that big and that fine, I would assume that means he either doesn't speak English or he's very dumb.
21: Right. Yes. No. I made no. I definitely made because I once I dated a male model, so I was like perfect. Right. They're right up my alley. They don't
22: like no words. I mean, I've seen a picture of him. He's good looking, but he's he don't look dumb. No, he's actually not. He's actually very smart. Yeah, he and looks like, smart. I can see the way he parts his fucking hair. He has a hair. He, he has a part. He, he parts. has a part. Yes. He girl. parts his hair. It's smooth. Yes.
21: He's like slick. He's
22: like very Molly, you should have led with the fact that he parts yeah, his hair. I said comb. Clark Kent. I didn't know that Superman was parting his hair. <laughs> I know that Clark Kent had glasses. Clark and Kent flies
21: through the air and never loses his part. Never
22: loses that curl.
21: <laughs>
22: so what does the girl look like? So
21: she's late. And we are like, and I was like. Whoa. Which is a
22: terrible move for her. Because oh, if God. I bring in my man and meet another bitch, oh, I'm getting there early. Oh, we're, yes. we're pulling up together. No, no, no. I'm getting there early. I'm like, no, together is the move. Right. Like, it was weird. Where was she that me, he got there first? Me, me, early. I'm going to get there early. Talk to the waiter. Listen, another bitch is coming in and yeah, yeah, yeah. it's going to be messy. So, Well, right.
21: she get. oh my God, Sydney, is really, why is it so violent for you? <laughs> and it was like, I'm under the, well, I'm told that it's her idea. Mm.
22: The whole thing is her
21: idea. The whole thing is her idea. That means he's is-
22: about to break up with her and she's panicking. Right. Right, that's what that is. Wow, you just ruined the end of the story. Sydney. well, I'm, well that's no, what no, happened. No, no, um, no, I'm saying that's a fact. Like, if you were like, "Yo, I'll do whatever you want so you could stay," it would be a threesome. Well, yeah, not that's me. What, See, this, this is why I don't. This is why I don't care about how men feel. I'm not a desperate Hail Mary pass to keep my man is to bring another chicken to the situation. No, no no no, Girl, no, no,
21: no, no, no. no. I would never. Here. I'd be like if you want to go, go. And, and also, I'm never going to bring someone into my situation. Yeah. I'm going I'm I'm, I'm going sp- out. I'm going out. I'm yeah. going out for food. <laughs> I'm going you out. know what I'm talking about? Cuz yes. I, I want to go home. I don't want these people in my home. I don't want them no. in my space. Mm-hmm. I don't no. want like no. No, nope. no.
22: I'm here. I don't want to
21: never see these people again. I don't even want them to be from this coast. Yeah. Boom. What well, you said they're California. Look at God. Look at God.
5: In addition to the thrilling adventure hour, we also had the privilege this year of working with Ben Blacker on another one of his podcasts, the writer's panel, which celebrated its 400th episode this year with an amazing live show at dynasty typewriter in Los Angeles. The Writers' Panel has one of the most impressive back catalogs you will ever find, featuring in-depth interviews with Vince Gilligan, Amy Sherman Palladino, Jordan Peele and Keegan Michael Key, Damon Lindelof, and many more television luminaries. The Writers' Panel is the definitive guide to our golden age of TV, and I hope you enjoy this highlight from the live 400th episode, which featured an incredible panel of writers and showrunners including Caroline Dries, LaToya Morgan, Alexander Cunningham, Monica Breen, Christine Boylan, Chernold Edwards. Angela Kang and Jennifer Hutchinson.
12: Well, it seems it seems to me that a lot of the requests for free work come from a place of fear yes. uh, on the the buyer's side. It's we we need to feel secure in paying you to do this thing. So do all the free stuff first.
53: But what's hard is when you go into pitch. And I would love to hear from every everybody here who's like sold all this stuff because I've sold certain things and some things go and some things don't. But they want a. Uh, this is such a Tony Robbins thing of like a need for a need for a need for like certainty and a need for adventure mm-hmm. at the same time and, and that's what they want they want certainty they want to know you have all the secrets of the universe in your iPad or in your cards or in your head, however your pitch but they also want to be enticed so they want you to tell them everything, but they don't want you to tell them everything because they want to they want to be seduced yeah. and and that's important too so like the last I've been back and forth working on a couple of pitches the last couple of months and trying to find that level of. I'm the kind of person who I will like arrest you for eight hours and tell you every single detail of this whole world, and nobody wants that, obviously, right? Um, but at the same time, the ten minute pitch is like I haven't even gotten into the part where the angels come down. Just you know, <laughs> just give me five more minutes, you know. Uh, so I mean, the balance of what do you keep and what do you, what do you not keep, and walking into a room where. If you're pitching on a book, you have to assume no one's read that book, even though the people you're bringing with you, the producers, will have read it and they know it, and you know maybe you know the author, maybe that's going great. Podcast, they probably heard it, right? But
12: because they're not readers, right? Yeah.
53: I, they, I mean, and to be fair, it, they it, they have to read a lot, sure, and they all have families, Absolutely. and it's, you know, I get that, but you know, I don't do, get it. <laughs> I want them to have read more, but I never expect it you know I, that's the thing so uh, yeah what's the balance for you guys of of like uh, of, of like seduction and enticement versus listen here is a chart of five to seven seasons and here are the points we're going to hit and it's going to spike on twitter season four because of this right. just trust me like what how do we do that
12: well in the details that you think are important versus the ones that are important yeah. for telling that story
41: I mean, well, first of all, sometimes it doesn't help if they've listened to the podcast. I found that like I had better pitches on Night Vale when maybe they weren't as familiar with it because they have expectations if they've listened to it. They think this is going to be who you're following, this is going to be what the show is, and then if you don't meet those, then you're not you're not selling to that place. Um, it's a hard balance, and this is something I consistently struggle with. I am the person where I go in and I'm like it's never the right amount of detail. Like if I overdo it. Uh, My agent's like, oh, wow, you really, apparently you gave a lot of detail. And then if I underdo it, it's like, oh, they want you to come back. And it's a hard balance. And so I think the thing that I have found is, because you're right, they want to know everything, but they don't want to know anything. What they really want to know is, do you know everything? Yeah. Yeah. And and if you can communicate that to them, then I think that's when you have a more sort of successful moment. Um, and so when it comes to details, I try to do a thing where like there are specific details that I highlight that are important to me that I feel like... I can pitch really well because they're meaningful for me. And then they're like, oh, she has details. There must be more details. Um, it's not always successful, but I think that's the thing. It's like, do you have a point of view that's really strong? Can we can we invest in you even if we don't have it all in our heads?
23: Yeah, Monica, you were uh, oh, nodding no, your head during a, this.
43: I mean, I have no answer to this because I struggle <laughs> with it all the time. And the one... The most successful pitch I had, which was Midnight, Texas, I walk in and give them 30 minutes of a small-town story, and it was based on a book that no one had read, and I was. they looked at me and said, turn around, Monica. And I turn around, and there's a picture of um, Jamie Alexander's back with all the tattoos on it, you know? And they're like, make it that, and you got a deal. And I walk out. I'm getting high fives from the producer. I'm like, what just happened? I didn't picture it, though, at all. Like, it's a small-town soap opera. What is, what is this? And... And then... Before they picked up the show, because I was like, they're never making the show. I got the pilot made. It was delightful. I had a really lovely time. I was in New Mexico. It was really pretty. And um, I was like, no one's ever doing the show. There's a talking cat. There's angels. I don't even, it's crazy town. But it was a small town soap with supernaturals. And I get called in and like, can you make it a demon of the week? Because if you can, you gotta sail. And I'm like, um, what did I pitch? Why did I pitch? Just tell me what you want. This is a make your own adventure. So like, I don't, I don't 100% have answers because it was successful. Huh. It worked. And the Wait, show, is- as wackadoo as it was, got a second season. Mm-hmm. So, in a strange way, I'm just like, all right, let me just go into this, like, little, you know, rabbit hole and just figure out what's happening because no one knows. Like, that's what's amazing to me. That <laughs> this no is, one this knows. This is
53: NBC. This was NBC, right? And what, what year was this? This was um, like two years, years ago, two years ago. ago. This was like right after we fucked up on Constantine and did a serialized. Oh yeah, <laughs> show <laughs> with demons. And, yeah, and they yeah. were like, "Can't you just make it like grim? Can't you just, can't you just know, do an amazing. exorcism of the week?" I was like, "But all exorcisms are kind of going to look the same if we do that." But you nailed it, so. <laughs> uh,
43: I mean, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, it was just it was. You work very hard on your pitches and you work very hard on creating a world in your mind that you understand and you know how to break the story, you know what the emotional arcs are, and then you just get thrown these things. Pow! (laughs) Make it this! And you're like, right. And I mean... You know, part of it for me is I always think of this job a little bit like a project runway challenge. Like it's like, go to the 99 cent store and make a gown. And like, and I feel like that keeps me sane because otherwise I will go crazy when they tell me to make a gown out of, out of construction debris. But that's, you know, part of the fun of the job is like, all right, well, let's make a gown, I guess.
5: From A to Z, we have finally arrived at the end of the Forever Dog roster with Alexis G. Zoll's innovative interview podcast, Zall Good. On each episode of Zall Good, Alexis interviews a fellow comedian, entertainer, or influencer about their life and career. And she also interviews one of their parents or siblings or best friends or colleagues to get the real story behind their public persona. The interviews are then cut together in a point-counterpoint fashion that makes Zolgood really unlike any other interview podcast you've ever heard. In the following clip, our last clip, Alexis talks to comedian and director Bo Burnham and his sister Sam. Enjoy.
2: I was always incredibly, incredibly competitive. And I still am competitive. And I have to unlearn that stuff. But I feel like a deeply, deeply competitive person. And I've only... Yeah. Yeah.
45: So did you always see him kind of going into entertainment or what was that prediction on your end as to where he would end up career-wise?
9: Honestly, I just always knew he was going to be great. Like I still tell him to this day, which he laughs in my face, that like if this doesn't work out, he can just go be a brain surgeon. And I truly believe he could. Like I really think he's just like that smart and great at everything. He's kind of just He's kind of just awesome at everything he does. Again, it sounds,
2: that sounds like I'm being weird. I really think that. That's very, yeah, that's, that's the, that's, that's untrue. And yeah, that's part of the, the, the her, her and my mother's uh, want to tell me that all the time is actually a burden that I'm, I've been trying to shake since I was three years old, which is like you guys have to stop telling me I'm the smartest, greatest boy that's ever lived <laughs> from the time I'm two. Or then I try to seek that from the world and anything less than that is obliteration to me. Um, so now I just nod and smile when mm-hmm. they tell me that, but it's very sweet. And I know they, I know she actually does believe that, which is very sweet. Yeah. Um, but it's very not true.
9: Um, but once you started doing the plays, it was like, Oh my God, you have to keep doing this. You just have to, I mean, he was, so good at acting and so creative. And then once he started performing um, and doing the comedy stuff, just everything that he writes just feels,
2: yeah. I mean, right when he got started, it felt like, oh, of course, this is what you need to be doing.
45: Uh, She also mentioned that you at one point got really into magic. Sure. So what sort of sparked that?
2: Probably just being a loser and thinking, (laughs) why not just complete the vision of myself? Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I'm already down here. So unappealing to women and my peers. I might as well start doing magic. No. Like, I don't know. I just liked it. It was probably performative. There's also something fun about it. I also liked math and tricky, puzzly things. And there's, like, magic sort of blend the world of, like, theater and performance and puzzles. And, again, just repulsion to everyone around you, you know. It also, Yeah. I don't know. Do you, I still love magic.
45: Do you feel like you were repulsed or people were repulsed by you? No, <laughs> no. You? I, I
2: think it was. No. And, you know, I, I, I was somewhere where it's like, you know, probably the coolest kid in class was doing magic. Um, but, yeah, I, I felt I felt i cool. Not on cool. Yeah. I mean, a dork. Nah, That word is that words become something else. Um, I, I was just like a passionate little dork.
45: Okay, so you had, Still like, am. your specific interests that you were very into.
2: Yeah, just, like, theater and magic. And I have friends where I look back, and I'm like, man, you were cool. Like, you, you were cool at 12. Um, it's not not about being cool like you were cool necessarily to those around you. Um, yeah, I would I would just always uh, – yeah, I just had eccentric interests. I yeah,
45: think, I think I there say. is something cool about being a young person and liking what you like and mm. not being – you know, concerned if that's necessarily like the coolest yes. thing. I think that gets cooler and cooler in hindsight as you get older. You're like, oh, I was confident.
2: Yes. Yes. Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah. You know, in hindsight, I wish hindsight did, did, did worked on magic.
9: <laughs> but it just isn't working for me. It's immune. I mean,
2: Spengali decks and, and foam rabbits are not really helping, um, you know, they are not getting any better in the rear view, but no, I had a lot of fun and it's like,
45: I, I guess I I sort of understand where you're coming from as well, because I am an only child, and both mm. of my parents just think I am the bee's knees. They mm-hmm. just love it. Uh They think I'm great. And then so when I go into things, I'm like, so that was great? It was great? And it's like, yeah, oh, yeah. it's good. Oh, I, I want everyone to think that I'm as great as Yeah, the as
2: world's me. not your parents. Yeah.
45: Yeah. <laughs> Brutal. Well, yeah, no, but it really is. No, <laughs> yeah. but I'm not
2: even saying that. Like, yeah. I, I, that's realization for me. And like. It's, it's, it's a realization for a lot of people in, Mm -hmm. I think we're vaguely the same generation, like on either side of it. And like, yeah, we, we, we do need a lot of, it's, it's, it's not necessarily that the love and the, and the affirmation is the issue. It's that the lack of the other, like there's some value in having like a psychological thing to overcome, to look at your parents Mm -hmm. and go, I'll show you and like run out into the world to prove something wrong. Uh, and to not have anything to push back against and to feel like it is hard. It, mm-hmm. it, it's not it's not more difficult, but it has another type of problem. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's it's a strange thing to have the privilege that sounds like we did of, of, of
5: being supported. That concludes the best of Forever Dog 2018. You can find all the podcasts mentioned in this episode at foreverdogpodcasts.com. You can also subscribe to them on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. And if you have a chance, please leave your favorite shows a rating and review and let them know you like what they're doing. It not only helps more people find out about our podcast, it's also very appreciated by our podcasters and our production team. Speaking of which, you can follow us, Forever Dog, on Twitter and Instagram, at Forever Team, for the latest news and updates. We have a lot of exciting new shows coming your way in 2019, so stay tuned for that, as well as amazing new episodes by all of your favorites from this episode. So thank you very much for your support, for listening, and we'll see you in 2019!
0: perspective. Some say Titanic is the best gay nightclub in the city. And those people are me and me. So set sail with this cookie, crazy off-Broadway hit and get tickets today at titanicmusical.com. Get tickets today at titanicmusical.com.